Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. to you. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming along and uh, joining us on this uh, Thursday. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, engage with us via the telephone this morning, if you'd like to email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler can be reached at uh, Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. You can also uh, text, if that's your uh, pleasure, 52051. 52051. And in case you had any uh, motivation or desire to become famous, I'm thinking that your motivation for avoiding that at this point is that God apparently has... He's apparently developed some sort of bee in his bonnet about celebrities over the last six months or so because just by my count, I think we're at five or six hundred actors, musicians, comedians, or other persons of note who have been killed in some horrible fashion. So apparently Henry Gibson died on, what, Monday? Four days ago, something like that? Yes. So Henry Gibson, and then I think uh, Mary, what's her name, from Peter, Paul, and Mary? She was the Mary of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And yet Peter Yarrow, who seems to be a, a totally horrible human being, continues to live. So, you know, there's no justice. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, engage with us on whatever subject today. We've got more on that coming up. We'll have uh, a pair of passes for you to see Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 today, and uh, four tickets to the Shine a Light and Night at the Museum event. Later on, we'll talk to Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. Geek Watch on the way this morning uh, as well. So we have a uh, double snuff watch on the way. Geek Watch, Kelly Clark coming up, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio in uh, New York City, and uh, all of that. We are joined today, as always, by the uh, lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hi. I had the most exciting day yesterday. Would you like to tell everybody else what you told me yesterday? Okay. I am now the proud owner of a scooter. Is this a I scooter myself- or a motorcycle? It's a motorbike. It's somewhere in between. All right. Like it's it's not a full motorcycle, but it's not like you know a little piddly. It's uh, like a Vespa. Scooter. No, it's a it's what you call a Honda Passport. So it looks kind of like a, looks like a bicycle, but bigger. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like it's uh, bright yellow and white. And Is it parked outside? Can I go look at it? No, I have to get it registered. Oh, so that's I what see. I'm going to do after the show today. But I already have insurance on it. And I'm going to go get it registered today, and then I'm going to start riding it. It's all very exciting. It's so exciting. It's the bike that I've wanted for like three years now. Is this one of those things that lets you lord your uh, massive gas mileage over everybody else? Yeah, I guess it gets like 80 miles to the gallon. Oh, that's that good for you. Good. Yes. Why do you be financially shrewd, Sarah? Dan? I am really excited. You know, it, it all kind of came together yesterday. Like, I, I look uh, quite often on Craigslist for them, but they don't really come up very often. And then found one, and this girl uh, said she lived in southeast Portland. I'm like, that's funny. That's near where I live. Turns out she lived a block away from my house, so I just walked over there. Then my landlord released a 
uh, sent an email as I was walking over there saying that they cleaned out the garage for the first time in three years. And if we have anything we want to put in there, then um, feel free to do so. So it has a little home, and I have a new bike. Do you feel all European? Are you going to put a scarf on and sort it's of just... so cool looking. Buzz no. down the street and say ciao it, to everybody? It is way too cool for me. Like, it, And everyone like stares, too, when you go by because it's bright yellow and white. And it's just, it's cute. It's adorable. Like, men and women, like, think it's adorable. Go into the street and who's that girl is playing in the background. And I have this, like, black bucket helmet, too, that I'm going to be rolling around in. I'm so excited. Well, you <laughs> had... Could a gentleman might hang on to you from the back of that? You know, it does actually have um, foot pegs in the back, so it can, really? it's a two-person bike. Mm-hmm. So I'm picturing you in, like, some uh, skinny, panted uh, twig boy sort of going down the street. <laughs> That's as, probably uh, the only kind that could fit on the back. There's just, like, a techno song playing in the background, and you're going off to uh, to get gelato together. Because my, my sister's moving here, you know, and, oh, God, in, like, a couple weeks now, and she was asking that same thing. She's like, can I ride around on your bike? So Now, can you ride gonna... that during fall and, and winter, or are you going to mm-hmm. have to stick it in the garage until summer gets here again? No, no, I can ride it. You can ride it during rain and uh, sleet and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, it's just something that I'm going to have to get used to and be very careful at. All right, yeah, you don't want to get your skin all scraped off. No, no, but you it doesn't... put a plastic bag over yourself while you're riding. That's a great <laughs> idea. That's exactly what you should do. Wrap yourself in a plastic tarp. Well, and it only goes, uh, at the most, I think, like 45. So I'm not going to take it out of the city. It's not for highway be, driving. It's going to be for scooting around the city. Well, all right then. And it's my first like big grown-up purchase. I'm really excited. It's kind it of sounds cool. very fashionable. I'm excited to see it. I really am. <laughs> Uh, all right. And by the way, I should say first and foremost, no, I did, I meant to go to Red Robin and get that thing yesterday that has the mozzarella sticks like baked into it. That uh, the the cheeseburger with mozzarella sticks on it. Yeah, I failed to do that, but I will be doing it uh, before the week is out. It's on my <laughs> list of as insane as it sounds. It's actually in my day planner, and so I am moving it from day to day, and I uh, I am endeavoring to get that done. Well, maybe yeah. you can tell me when you're going, and I can scoot on over and see you. I'm already, I gotta wait until today. Like, so I have had nothing else. I gotta wait until you gotta I gotta starve yourself for Seriously, I gotta fast for a bit before I do it because, <laughs> because I'm a, I have the weakness for their bottomless fries. So I gotta wait before I sort of plunge on into that. Let's pay a visit at the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.06. And for today, we'll have clouds and fog this morning, clearing up a little after that. Highs only in the mid-70s. A great day to be riding your scooter around town. (laughs) High tech leads to high anxiety as dozens, dozens of Portland's downtown parking meters are not working. Now, these are the oldest of the machines. What do they mean by old? They're like five years old. Well, they've got to try to replace the old ones with new ones that do work. Three Lincoln High School coaches have been placed on leave after an incident on the max. A max line at the Rose Quarter. This is following the ultimate fighting match. Police say the three coaches acted in a disorderly manner, refused to go home, and were so intoxicated they had to be dragged away to detox. Now, this isn't the first time a Lincoln High School coach has been in hot water. Last year, the basketball coach resigned after taking players to a strip club, and their basketball coach got two DUIs. Time for a double snuff watch. Here's your double snuff watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Actor Henry Gibson, best known as one of the original cast members of Rowan Martin's Laughing, has died at the age of 73. He was known for uh, holding flowers and reading poetry on that program. He was the creepy guy. He was the creepy guy. And Mary, the Mary of Peter, Paul, and Mary has died. 
Uh, she was 72 years old. Apparently, she'd been undergoing a chemotherapy. You remember all their, their uh, folk songs from the 1960s. Here's a uh, little bit here from uh, Meet the Parents when they're talking about Pup the Magic Dragon. You like Peter, Paul, and Mary? Yes, I do. I'm a big fan. Pup the Magic Dragon Great song. Yeah, one of my favorites. Who would have thought it wasn't really about a dragon, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, the whole drug thing. Uh, no, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Some people uh, think that to puff the magic dragon means to, they're really to, um, to smoke uh, smoke a marijuana cigarette. Well, Puff's just the name of the boy's magical dragon. Are you a pothead, Farker? No. This is such no. an awkward scene. No, 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 no. It's cringe-inducing. No, it really is. I, I pass on grass all the time. I mean, not all the time. Yes or no, grass? No. Yes. No. It's a lot better when you see it. How unfair is it, by the way, that the Mary... I don't even remember her last name. Is it, I keep wanting to say Mary Turner, but that's the uh, DJ. Travers. Mary Travers, not yeah. Turner. How the, the, she, she dies... She blonde. Ben Stiller continues to live. He continues to draw breath day ben after Stiller? day after day. There's just no justice in this world. Um, it's all the wrong people get cancer, is my point. Yes. So... Uh, so Peter, Paul, and Mary, uh, they were in that weird era where they were they were around just long enough to establish themselves before they were kind of eclipsed by the more raw sound of rock and roll, mm-hmm. which is why they started recording these snarky songs like "I Love Rock and Roll Music." But there really is something to be said for uh, there's something to be said for craftsmanship, and those guys really they had a. Uh, they had they had a sound that was sort of equal parts. It had a lot of that Dylan element to it, without uh, without sort of the abrasive factor that he had. They uh, they had some kind of an ineffable uh, sweetness to a lot of their recordings. So uh, anyway, but that's the fourth celebrity this week, right? Yeah, so we got Henry it, it Gibson. Just isn't stopping this year. Mary Travers, Patrick Swayze, Jim Carroll. It seems like there's so that's a f- three for this week. So that's all we're having this week. No, that's four. That's four right there. The guy there. with the wheat. The guy with the wheat. The guy with the wheat. Oh, uh, Norman Borlaug. Yeah. Well, he's sort yeah. of a scientific celebrity. So, I mean, if he's four, so that's four and a half. So we're going to have to start adding new categories. I mean, really, we're averaging more than one celebrity death every day this week. All right. Well, that's enough for this week. Well, there's your uh, double snuff watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Well, Dick Cheney is undergoing elective surgery this morning to relieve a compressed spinal cord and nerves. A statement from his people say, please, no cards or flowers. That just makes him feel worse. (laughs) Because we were all on the verge of sending Dick Cheney lots of flowers. Do you get the idea that you would put flowers in a room with him and they would immediately wilt and die? Mm. I'm just sort of picturing you setting a huge bowl of tulips in the bedside table and they just blacken and turn to ash. A Cincinnati woman has been charged with spanking a child that isn't hers. Police say Gloria Ballard encountered the young boy and his mother at a Salvation Army store. Jones says her son was misbehaving and talking back to her when Ballard approached and told the mother to silence that child. When angered, Jones responded, Ballard's accused of grabbing the child, bending him over her knee, and spanking the child four times. Only four times. 
After being arraigned, Ballard told reporters outside the courtroom she only tapped the child on the behind and did not spank him. Claiming she gave that child love and affection and attention, Ballard then put a bear hug on a reporter and tapped him on the rear end to show what had been done. I don't think you should get on camera and say that you were, quote, tapping a child on the rear end. Or to tapping give him, a reporter on the rear end. To give him love and affection. I was giving him the affection he clearly wasn't getting at home, so I had to tap him on the rear end. Let me show you. It was just like this. Oh, it just it, by the way, that does sort of remind me that I was at uh, I was in Safeway the other day, and it's that sort of thing when you walk in and there's a child who's like if you're in a restaurant, it's the same thing. Where there's a kid who's misbehaving or shrieking or tearing the place up, and you realize that everybody in the place, you all communicate without really thinking about it. You all have this this understanding. That look, you know, we can all hear the child. The child is irritating all of us, and we're just all going to have to look down at the floor and pretend that we don't hear it, right? Where you know that everybody in the restaurant, except for the parent, you're all on the same page. You are sharing one common wavelength in which you are all being tormented uh, by this uh, hideous juvenile delinquent uh, that no one will, uh, you know, that no one will stifle. And you just have to, uh, you know, you all just have to sort of bear down and get through the day uh, together. Not that you ought to be picking up some other kids, uh, you know, somebody else's kid and, and, quote, tapping them. Let's do one more here and then we'll uh, take a break. Well, Poland and the Czech Republic will not be getting a missile defense system from us after all. The Wall Street Journal cites current and former U.S. officials in this report. Apparently, the Iranians aren't as dangerous as we originally told by the Bush administration. So the Poles and the Czechs have to defend themselves against the Iranians. Sorry, you're, you're just going to have to do it yourself. You're, you're going to be overrun by Iran. <laughs> Any, any moment now. Take care of yourself. All right. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up later on. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Thursday morning. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times, to everyone, in accordance with prophecy. Everybody wow. kneel before me just for like three seconds. No. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Hey everybody, you just missed the greatest moment. Sarah Dillon was... I swear to God, shocked and horrified by something on reality television. Is it? Uh, is it? So you think you can dance or Dancing with the Stars? Dancing with the Stars. And I thought that program was unscripted. Are they paying tribute to a fallen hero, Sarah? They're doing a dance sequence from Dirty Dancing this week. <laughs> of course they are. They're so tacky. How can they not? Yeah, yes, they're. All I'm hearing is of the time, and like seeing some like washed up star like walking out with a rose clenched in his teeth. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so sad. Ladies and gentlemen, now with an interpretive dance salute to Patrick Swayze, will you please oh my welcome God, you Charo. Know it's going to be a montage. Yes. It's going to be a non- montage with, like, you know, the weathered lady jumping up in the middle at the end, you know, into his arms. We should you know, know by the way, that, uh, that we opened our program the day after Patrick Swayze's death with back-to-back jokes playing on the nobody puts baby in a corner uh, line. So I'm just saying. Don't I, say we. That was you. Tim and I were sitting you know, here silently. You know, you're the one who said nobody puts Swayze in the coroners. That was you, which is actually the better joke, and I would say the tackier joke. I mean, I, I'm just, 
I'm just saying, like, if if we're going to be uh, slinging allegations of tastelessness, it seems like we ought to be willing to take those lumps ourselves. Not that I don't want to see Tom DeLay doing an interpretive dance tribute to Patrick Swayze, because clearly everyone Why? does. But I don't know the answer to that, Sarah. I just don't. Some things can't be known. Okay, it's 503-228-4101 coming up uh, later on. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, uh, Steve Kastenbaum, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. And in the uh, 8 o'clock hour, we will talk to the third of our four contestants for KUFO's Survive It to Drive It contest, which uh, kicks off Monday morning. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 526, we're going to have clouds and fog this morning. High temperatures in the mid-70s. Portland police are looking for a white man who robbed the desk clerk at the Travel Lodge on 82nd Avenue. Walked right in, threatened the guy with a knife, ended up with $160. I hate robbers like that. Why would you ever rob a place where you're only going to get $160? It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, there's just That's no a logic lot of money there. for that area. <laughs> I suppose. The dollar is very, uh, the dollar's real strong I mean, it's on 82nd. money. After a fashion, mm-hmm. I mean, except, uh, except for the whole uh, taking it with the uh, business end of a knife part or whatever. I mean, when when they were when your uh, your hotel got robbed, you were a night manager or something at a hotel, yes. mm-hmm. a hotel or motel, a motel. Now, how much money did the guy get? Forty six dollars. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Just... Well, that's all I was left to make change. <laughs> really? Is that do they only think that you would need forty six dollars in change over the course of a night? That's all they gave me. So, were you obliged to? I mean. What, what what would happen if you needed more than forty six dollars in change by like four a.m. or something? Some guy came in and he only had twenties, and you you had nothing left with which to make change. That's a good question. It never happened. It never was this a high traffic motel? Was there a lot of business there? Uh, moderate, a certain kind of business. Was there a lot of hourly uh, room rental going on? No luggage. Well, they could stay for twenty four hours, but some left within two hours. Yes, <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Jones mm-hmm. here for one room, please. No, no, no. We don't need any uh, in-room movies. No, no, no. Just uh, do I really have to we sign for this? We offer in-room movies. Really? We offered in-room bullet holes and, <laughs> and falling ceiling tiles. I just need some in-room sex, please. That would be great. Awesome. That's wonderful. Wait, do I have to show ID for this? All right. Can I pay in cash? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. There was a lot of cash. $46. Well, that I guess that makes a lot, of more, that made a lot more sense. How much uh, could I have expected to pay for a room at this place that you managed or the, were you with the desk clerk? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think you could get one for under sixty dollars. Well, that's not for Southern California. I was going to say Southern California. You know, yeah. ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, whatever. That's that's not a bad deal at all. Mm-hmm. What were your other duties as night manager? I think mostly I read paperbacks. <laughs> I was wondering if it was staring blankly at a wall, well, wondering well, how they, you got to this place in your life. There was no auditing to do <laughs> since there, were, there weren't very many customers. Uh, that's great. Is busy drilling holes in the wall and talking to yourself in your dead mother's voice. Not you, of course. No, I, I was in a, I was in a separate building from the motel itself. Really? Yeah. Were you in the separate building up on the hill? Were you paced back and forth inside a gray nightdress? No, it was overlooking the ocean. Okay. Anywho, at I the... Uh, bring my nightdress to work. Did we already open the... Uh, I believe we started with the news. We, opened, we did. Open I, I, I don't know what, what turn this took and where we ended up and why. <laughs> Not that it matters. I say that about so many things in my life and specifically about this show. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, the Portland Water Bureau awards of a color change to your drinking water this fall. It's not unusual since the Bull Run supply system is unfiltered. Vegetation falls into the water and changes its color this time of the year. Why not have a glass of it right now? 
A commercial power outage brought the max to a grinding halt last night. Neither the yellow or the green lines could cross the steel bridge. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I think we're glossing over the fact that... that is that... My water that's going to turn colors? No, the uh, the guitarist was over at his house uh, the day before yesterday, and his water started running. It turned brown. All right. So, but I thought we chlorinated. This that was what set us apart from people in like Woodburn, for example, is that we chlorinated our water in in southeast Portland. Is that the bull run that feeds southeast? Right. I'm not sure where you get your water from. I think it does. I think we had this discussion one time. Mount Tabor. Uh, is there more than one, though? Yeah. We had this whole discussion with them about where our water came from. We yeah, were trying there, to figure there it out. There were different sources of water. All right, so I shouldn't be alarmed. if the wa- How is it you're supposed to know when not to drink the water? In other words, if the water's going to be coming out like yellow or brown or something, and yet they're going to insist that it's still safe to drink, how would I ever know the water isn't safe to drink? I, I would say when you see a fish head in your glass of water, that would not be a good time to drink it. And seriously, you're going to drink brown water? No. But, Even if they tell you it's safe? If they tell me, you know, that it's made out of... I don't know, the healthiest substance on earth I wouldn't enjoy. Made out of sunshine and moon glow. Yeah. All right. And and also it uh, looks like pee, but it's fine. Go ahead. Drink it anyway. Mm -hmm. Tim Riley. The house of Ferris Bueller's Day Off is among Chicago land's most endangered landmarks. The glass-fronted home and pavilion used as a setting in the 1986 comedy is on the annual list of non-profit landmarks. It's considered an architectural jewel. It's been sitting on the market for months. So... Whoever buys it could tear it down and build something new there. This is that... You're talking about the house where Cameron lived? Yes, the house with Cameron. The, uh, that the car goes through? Yeah, where uh, you know, it has that weird glass overhang that looks out below the big drop-off and the, the Porsche or whatever it is goes out the goes out the window. Mm-hmm. That one. All right. Uh, so going back, to, this seems to be the uh, season of preppy murders. Police have matched DNA from a Yale research technician to evidence found at the crime scene on the Ivy League campus where graduate student Annie Lee was found murdered this week. According to a New Haven newspaper, police have obtained and are now in the process of obtaining an arrest warrant against Raymond Clark III. He's 24 years old. He had been named a person of interest. Meanwhile, that student apparently uh, has a shady past. His ex-girlfriend said he forced her to have sex with him. The ex-girlfriend is in total other shock that Raymond Clark is being eyed. Apparently, she says she can't believe this. Uh, she dated him and dumped him, and then uh, he trashed her locker. So, and then was she forced to, oh, he's he's just a bad person. Now, yeah, this he has the, crazy uh, eyes. I'm looking at him. Mm-hmm. But he's in, was he engaged right now? Isn't that the deal that he's got some, uh, he, was, he was supposed to be marrying some other woman? I think Sarah and I were talking about this yesterday, that they were, they had a photo they were publishing that I think purported to be his fiance, the fiance of the guy who is the quote person of interest uh, in this in this Yale case, which is and that's always I mean I mean I guess they're not married yet, so thank God for small mercies. But that's got to be an awkward thing when you're sitting there with your parents and the news flash comes on and your fiance is wanted for sticking some chick into a wall somewhere. That's mm-hmm. no good. Right. So apparently the cops had called to his high school back in 2003 on a report of a dispute between the students after she tried to break up with him. Uh, the detective said at the time the two students were in a relationship which she wished to terminate, and he did not wish to win. It was a tumultuous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so apparently he wrote something on her locker. Well, you date crazy people. You, I mean, you date tr- crazy people, and things work out badly. That's just that's just the way it goes. So not that all of us, not that all of us here probably haven't dated one crazy person after another. I'm just saying when you choose badly, bad things happen to you. Well, this never happened at my high school because it wasn't co-ed and the people committing the crime were members of the religious clergy. It wasn't co-ed? I didn't know that. 
Private schools back then were not. I knew you went to a prep school, but I thought it was sort of a mixed gender. That was a Hogwarts kind of a thing where it was like, I figured you was... You Boys had like, in one school, girls in the other. Did you have uh, dormitories or did you live at home? I lived at home. Did you, you lived have at mixers with the other yes, school? Yes, we had mixers, mixers. every Friday night <laughs> with, the, with the girls of Mount St. Mary's Seminary who were called Mounties. Really? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Let's go pick up some of them Mountie girls. <laughs> Dude, were the girls from Mount St. Mary's, did they all look like they played a lot of field hockey? Did they all have like huge? That's not a picture of Mounted look like. Oh no, like huge calves. No, these, these were attractive gals. Really? Yes. They were hot well, in that kind well, of Catholic well, sort well, of way. Kids were skinny back then. <laughs> kids were skinny, and they respected their elders. So they were called Mounties, and they were dressed in the uniforms that you enjoy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We've all known each other way too long. It's thank you, Tim. I appreciate your uh, right. augmenting of the mental image, though every brush stroke counts. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we will have more news from Tim Riley coming up at 6 o'clock. Jim Roop from uh, CNN Radio Los Angeles. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week at 7 o'clock. Steve Kastenbaum from New York at 8. Stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Jim's just grinning like the Cheshire Cat on the other side of the studio. Well, we'll get we'll, we'll return to that uh, subject in just a moment. Believe it or not, just moments ago, there was this huge, I don't even want to call it a debate, it's something, the discussion just broke out in the studio about eyebrow grooming. Well, we might as well just talk about it now, because it, clearly it's a thing. So I handed Tim this story just a second ago. There's a few things I hadn't gotten to yet. There was a Geek Watch that we'll get to later on. We have Jim Roop from CNN coming up at the top of the hour. Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week will be here with Food Porn in the 7 o'clock hour. And uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we will talk to uh, Dustin. Is it Voitko? Vodko? I think it's Voitko. Dustin Voitko. He is the uh, the third of four people we're going to talk to for KUFO's Survive It to Drive It uh, uh, contest, which kicks off Monday at 7 a.m. But I hand Tim this story. That I pulled rather innocuously this morning, you know, thinking it would be interesting, but perhaps nothing beyond that. And it said that eyebrow grooming for men was apparently, quote, all the rage, end quote, according to some, I don't know, some some news source. And Sarah immediately popped off with, what did you say? I hate clean eyebrows. No, I hate it when um, men have overly groomed eyebrows. It's like, it's what is such, overly groomed, though? Like where you can tell that they've been like messed with. Where it's, been, it is, uh... it's a deal breaker for me. I find that so unattractive. Well, like you mean, when they're perfectly styled and shaped, like when men, when men have shaped eyebrows. But you mean just like when they're when they're when they're uh, when they're skinny, like if they're too thin? No, no, not even skinny. Like if they just look too manicured, like Joan Crawford eyebrows. Kind of like I don't even know what Joan Crawford eyebrows look. Scary, I would imagine, pointy. Yeah, moving up and down as she mm-hmm. shrieks in anger and beats you with something. No, like when they're too like shaped, when they when they um aren't like. Man eyebrows, they look like lady eyebrows. See, I think I would have to have you maybe th- th- show me an example of what you of what you mean by too shaped. Like, I know what that means. Here's what I think of when I think of bad eyebrows. I think of it in terms of women, and it's that thing where they shave them off and then just draw them back on, which is just retarded, by the way. I'm going to tell you right now. If I don't you're, think anybody does that anymore. I that's not true. I <laughs> that is not. Here's here's how I know it's not true. Because I saw somebody at, of course, Lloyd Center the other day who could, I, I mean, you know, at Lloyd Center. Which is the fashion center of the east side. <laughs> it really is. It's the style nexus of that whole part of town. The Well, you know, there's that that game that we'll talk about sometimes uh, that we used to play in Spokane. The Is it a daughter or is it a girlfriend? 
And at Lloyd Center, you just do the stripper or not. And you, sometimes you can't really tell. But I saw a girl, she was standing, yes, in the food court, uh, pushing a stroller, of course, and she had the, and I mean, I didn't get close enough to, to, you know, to tell for sure, but it looked for all the world like she had just removed her eyebrows completely and then, you know, and drawn them back on with a magic marker, which is just the weirdest thing. And there's just nothing appealing about that at all. It's completely unattractive. That's pretty impressive, though. It takes a steady hand. I, I guess, but I mean, it takes a really poorly developed sense of aesthetic, too. So How you, about if you have a Sharpie? You have something. I mean, it just, or, you know, I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's got the, you know, stuff about them that they don't necessarily like. So if you feel like you gotta, I don't know, trim that or cut it back or something. Now, when you say a guy has a shaped eyebrow, yes, yeah, like manicured, like not not a hair out of place. I don't know. It just for some reason it just is. Yeah, but you're kind of into pretty boys, though. I would think that you'd be uh, that you'd be okay no, with that. No, no, not that kind. That's that's too vain for a guy for me. Mm. For me, I don't know. But then I know men who do it who you can't tell. Well, that's the thing. Correct. So Tim, Tim immediately, uh, as soon as Sarah said the thing about, I don't like guys who have manicured eyebrows, Tim, Tim immediately arched one of his, well, actually arched one of his eyebrows, sort of in Colbert style, and said, what if you can't tell they've had it done? So what was your uh, what was your point going to be, Tim? No, I, I know someone who's had it done at least a couple times. Is it Greg but, Nibbler? But for good reason. Greg Nibbler? No. Do you have your eyebrows no. done? No, I have not. Tim, are you just referring about your, to yourself in the third person? Yes, he had them done. <laughs> Twice. See, and I wouldn't have guessed that. But you can't tell. And plus, your eyebrows are really light. That's, That's true. That's why I have to have them done. Yeah. Because since I don't have any eyebrows, I have to have eyebrows installed you know, on some occasions. mounted on. <laughs> yes. So, what would, it probably is easier. Died. Wait, what? If you don't have any eyebrows, I mean, you do have hair there that doesn't show up. Wait, so you so if you want dyed? eyebrows, right, they can dye it the same color as your hair. I had no idea. So is that because... Uh, you can bleach your eyebrows too, Rick. My, or it's the same thing, yeah. So, uh, see, and I can see, like, bleaching, I guess I would imagine that they do, because I guess that's a, that's a thing they do. It burns a little bit. <laughs> they, do, they do to your regular hair. It never occurred to me that they would darken uh, eyebrows, though. If, it, yeah, if they don't show up, they do. But I guess because facial hair is sometimes a different color than the rest of your hair. Right. That makes... For example, like, you will note, like, I am uh, I am now 36 years of age, so... But I don't have any I don't have any gray hair, uh, for whatever it's uh, worth. And I think it's because of my, my... I think it's a, that's a mom thing. My mom is, like, 73, no gray hair so top of my head no gray hair at all but if i let my uh you know my my facial hair come in i get little patches of gray so i think my facial hair is just is not quite the same color it's a little lighter and it, you know again it's got some gray going on so i guess i should have expected that would happen with eyebrows now but see now when i go to the uh when i go to get my uh my haircut but every couple of weeks they'll do the thing where they just like trim my eyebrows up because otherwise i get the big andy rooney eyebrows but that's not what you're talking no, about, right? I'm talking about like shaping around. Like if you were to take tweezers and like clean up all around there so you could tell that they were Like if I were to sort like of make them very narrow. narrow. Not even narrow, but just like really cleaned up. Mm. So all okay, I think I would have to see some uh, Like have you ever seen that uh website Hot Chicks with Douchebags? Yes, I have. Every single Those guy. Those guys. Every single guy on there has like the um, manicured eyebrows. Well, they're not lady eyebrows, but they're perfectly defined. It's just really interesting. Well, now we have to read at least part of the story. Tim, do you have the... Uh, oh, the... so you, when you say uh, these douchebags, you're talking about the, the fellows themselves. Yes. Oh, not the holding bags for people to sit. Well, never mind. <laughs> Would you please hold my douchebag? <laughs> well, that's what it sounds like. Well, there's something for every taste on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> I like to see pictures of guys with douchebags. Somebody needs to just start another hot chicks with douchebags. <laughs> Where it's just like them just like holding <laughs> holding a, the mass and gill bag. That was being talked about. <laughs> that's awesome. 
I like to see uh, I like to see pictures of chicks who are just uh, you know holding a bunch of uh, holding a bunch of douchebags. Well, you know there are these fetishes and these swingers clubs for everyone. I figured that might be one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley. Here I am. Are we not going to... Oh, for the love of God. All right, we'll just take a break. We have Jim at six. <laughs> Top of the hour. We have CNN Radio correspondent James Roop joining us. Uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week at 7 o'clock. Steve Kastenbaum at 8. And uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we have Dustin Voitko, who is the third of the four contestants we're interviewing this week for KUFO Survive It to Drive It Contest. Hey there, the Rick Emerson Show continues next. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rock of Portland 101. KUFO. KUFO. Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101. In mere moments, we're joined by Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Thursday morning. An arrest has been made in the murder of that Los Angeles dead co-ed. And they arrested the guy, whose name is Clark, just moments ago. And that Hofstra College student in New York who accused those guys of gang raping her in a restroom. Apparently, it was consensual. Wait, I think Charges I must have, have been dropped. I must have missed oh, that story altogether. Okay. Well, the, this uh, these group of guys were arrested on charges that they gang raped this woman in the restroom at Hofstra University in New York. And as it turned out, she was asking for it. Quite literally. You mean you don't mean asking for it in the showing off her ankles kind of way. You mean asking for it in the literally, hey, would you guys all come do me in a bathroom kind yeah, of way. Yeah, so it was consensual. Oh, sexy. So it's, it's one of those college trends like... So, oh, cramming people into a phone booth, they're swallowing goldfish. Yes, I remember that phase of my life. Yes, it's just like cramming people into a phone booth. Only they're not people and they're not cramming into a phone booth. <laughs> Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. I mean, unless she gets around a lot more than I think. Uh, CNN Radio Ew. correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. I just don't know how to follow that. <laughs> I was, you know. I don't believe half of it came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she... No, I guess she didn't say that, I guess, by definition. Uh, good morning, Jim Roop. How's life in uh, Los Angeles, my friend? Life is wonderful. Oh, all right, so let's uh, talk about this This guy, this uh, the, the Philip Garrido guy, who they you know, they popped him a couple weeks ago for uh, the kidnapping this J.C. Duggar girl. Um, so they... We had uh, heard a while back that they found some, you know, bones or remains or whatever, something in, in his backyard. And, and I guess they're... Have they now officially said that, they, that that is the case, that they have? They have... Yesterday they announced they found bones, um, but they don't know if they're animal or human just yet. They're being sent out for more analysis. There were animal bones found on the property before, so they're just being very, very cautious. And and, they, and this, the, the two properties that they're searching... The one that Greedo's actually lived in and then the adjacent property, I guess, which he owned, are huge. And it's just, they describe it as a landfill. And they're, they've taken 15 truckloads of crap out of there. They have another 15 truckloads to go. 
they have to clear a lot of weeds before they can really start unearthing things. But so far, they found several things that they are analyzing, as they say. Well, and that's one of those things where, you know, it's like after a plane crash, you see the team of guys that are walking in sort of formation across a field inch by inch by inch. And the deal is because you don't want any patch of land to go unexpected. And then everything has to go, I say with all my vast forensic knowledge, everything has to go into a, you know, into a truck or something. And every single item has to get looked at and inspected and examined. I mean, it's probably just going to take forever. My, My question is, and this is sort of i guess unrelated to, to this development is you know, at some point whether this they find this guy is nuts or not they're going to stick him on a stand at, at you know or in a courtroom at least and they're going to try to figure out what to do with him at that point is 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 what's her name is uh jc duggard going to have to be in court testifying against him is she going to have to come because they've shielded her from the public is that it seems like to put this guy away though she'll have to to come out and sort of be in the spotlight yeah she will but you're talking a year to 18 months before this thing ever hits a courtroom. So in that process, or in that year and a half, you know, she's she's going to do a significant amount of healing or recovery or whatever it is. I mean, the, I mean, how can you erase 18 years of terror? Right. Still, she should be in better shape to do that. They will determine, however, still, if she is fit to testify. I mean, is this going to be something that's going to push her over the edge, or, or is she going to be okay? And they'll probably monitor her very closely if indeed she does. But really, honestly, to put him away the way they probably would want to, meaning forever, um, she will have to take that stand. And then the kids are, in other words, her kids that I guess she presumably had because of this guy, are these like the state taking care of all everybody now? Are they with the parents or they're her parents? The parents? They're with J.C.'s family. All right, okay. Uh, and, and from what I understand, in talking with you know, some people say, uh, you didn't hear this from me, but right. um, the, the girls never understood, really, that J.C. was their mother. Oh, so they thought they that thought she they was... They were all sisters. Ah, so they're all right. learning all this stuff. I mean, you're an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old. You're learning, you know, your old man's this weird dude who who ha- had sex with your sister, who is not your sister, who is actually your mother, Ugh. and she's your mother. You know, I mean, it, all this stuff is coming down on them, and wow, toilets flush amazing wow. you know i mean there's all this stuff that that it's it's just unbelievable and the stuff they're finding on the property from what i understand is pretty strange too you know some weird collection of cats or snow globes i mean you know so we'll have to see how all this pans out but again this is going to take a good year 18 months before they get this thing in a courtroom forget it jim it's chinatown <laughs> I uh, as soon as you said like having having sex with their mother who's really their sister yeah. it's like you just stood, you just realized that I mean that the, the Who is she Mrs. Mulray? <laughs> the tired the tired cliche sometimes is true that there just there is there is no fiction uh, like the truth sometimes I mean it yeah. just um hey real quickly as we sort of wrap all this up I mean we it's September so we got what the rest of September October November December so we have three and a half months left does it seem like uh, God came out of the gate this year with some sort of particular grudge against celebrities because this week we've had uh, Patrick Swayze and now uh, uh, the Mary um, um, uh, Travers. Travers from Peter, Paul, and Mary and Henry Gibson. And, you know, they, they were both in their 70s, I guess. And here's then this. The weird, here's the weird thing, too. Last night, my, my, my older son and I were watching A Mighty Wind. Right. Uh, and we were cracking up. And I said, man, you've you got to Google Peter, Paul, and Mary because, man, this, you know, this Christopher Guest is doing 
um, whichever the guy is. I think it's Peter Yarrow is the guy yeah. that he was, yeah. I said, you got, you know, so he started Googling Peter, Paul, and Mary, started laughing about it, and this morning I hear, oh, my God, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, every year as we get toward the, you know, the, toward the, you know, November, December, we start thinking about that dead parade they do every year at the Oscars, and we try to tally up in our heads Everybody who has passed away that year, because, you know, the thing is, when you get to the Oscars, then they do the, you know, in memoriam. And you realize you have forgotten about two-thirds of the people. Not that you forgot about them, you just forgot that they died. Or, or it was like, really, that was this year? Yeah, that's that's the other thing. You, you know, it seems like it was either a week ago or it was ten years ago. So, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I wonder if they'll do that same thing at the Grammys with Mary. I mean, if, I wonder if she'll be included in that. I bet she will. Oh, probably. I mean, they were, because they were a huge, I was, we were talking earlier, that they were, Peter, Paul, and Mary were in this, this weird position where they had fame long enough to establish themselves but then was then they were eclipsed by sort of the Beatles and the Stones and that and that movement so they they were sort of the last gasp of the pure non-rock movement uh, before you know the kind of the guitar groups as they called it it came out and kind of pushed everybody out of the spotlight yeah but if it wasn't for Puff the Magic Dragon and leaving on a jet plane you would you would heard, have heard very little from them that's true uh, and that when they covered a bunch of Dylan songs uh, as yeah. well and they do uh, they did uh, Blowing in the Wind I think they had a kind yeah. of a crossover let me just tell you you ever want to hear, you ever want to hear a, a great song? And I'm unclear about whether they wrote it or whether it was a cover of again like a Dylan song or something. Peter Paul and Mary did this song called "For Loving Me," that is just the most brutal thing you have ever heard. And it's it's it is a song about you know some guy some some you know, some uh, player, uh, a guy who just strings women along, uses them, dumps them, abandons them, whatever. And it's the song called "That's What You Get for Loving Me" that I heard when I was about 15 or 16, and it was just like being kicked in the stomach. It was just the most uh, it was it was just the most uh, um, cold-hearted song, and the kind of thing you wouldn't really expect from those guys. And it was it was sort of interesting to see the way that they developed over the years into, you know, as you said, that they became this this sort of representation of that earlier sort of simpler pre-rock time to a lot of people. But yeah. anyway, so the point is, if you're a celebrity, I'd be uh, I'd be doubling up on my health care right about now, and I'd be <laughs> looking both ways before I cross the street. All right. On that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. Thank you, sir. There you go. That is uh, Jim Roop. All right. Straight ahead, we have, uh, what do we have straight ahead? I don't even know at this point. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler and more news from Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up, 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Food porn with Kelly Clark as well. 8 o'clock, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. The Rick Emerson Show continues live from Portland. It's Thursday morning. Stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. In just moments, we have Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week coming up at 7 o'clock. I have another installment of uh, Food Porn with her at 7.20. 8 o'clock, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio. And Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Thursday morning. We have some interesting sound coming up, including an Acorn employee telling a pimp she was to run an escort business herself. And we have uh, see some collection agency phone calls you should enjoy. And Megan Fox says the Twitter and Facebook accounts in her name are fake. And, to the surprise of no one, Redbox is surging ahead and will soon take a commanding lead in the video rental market. Now, that's that's the thing that they have at the uh, supermarket where you like you stick it's, a dollar or something. Blockbuster. Yeah, because it, it, it just spits the DVD right out at you. Boy, can I just tell you this? Uh, let me just talk for a moment about technology and science and the exciting world of tomorrow, which exists today. 
So Don Taylor was here uh, from Movies.com two days ago. And she was talking about, you know, the DVD releases are out. And she mentioned these two movies. She mentioned a movie called Dead Girl and a movie called Grace, which then they're both sort of these foreign horror films that I guess are pretty great and whatever. So that was Tuesday morning. Last night, which would have been Wednesday night, I went home, logged on to Netflix, and Netflix, through my 360, will actually stream movies like instantly to my to my TV. And I don't have time to watch them, but I've got both Dead Girl and Grace like racked up and ready to watch at my house. I mean, literally, I went home, I turned on my Xbox, logged into Netflix, and they were right there and uh, and ready to view. So, I mean, just the idea that you used to have to wait months for a movie to come out, and then you had to get in your car and drive somewhere and go watch it or to go rent it. It's just, it is staggering uh, the rapidity at which certain things just become, uh, they, you know, they, they just become outdated. It really is just, it's my, and it's almost too much. There's almost too much for me to choose from because I got the TiVo with like the 500 channels. I got uh, my regular Netflix account. I got the Netflix account that goes right to my 360. I've got the fact that my TiVo can also go onto Amazon and I can buy or view any television show or movie that Amazon stocks. And that's not all the, you know, not to mention all the crap I already own. I mean, it's just, at some point I gotta clone myself and just have a secondary me that does nothing but, I'm gonna lock the, like, the secondary Rick, the other Rick, in a room and he's gonna do nothing but watch television all day long and then I'm gonna come home and he's gonna tell me all, you know, he's just gonna bottom line everything for me. I'm gonna have an army of clones of myself who just do nothing but digest the mass media uh, and then tell me what I need to know. Just, uh, one more note on the mass media, then we'll do uh, ball talk. This is about uh, Vampire Diaries, which uh, Sarah uh, has seen. I have. Did you see this thing about the Vampire Diaries actresses who were all uh, arrested for flashing? I read something about that, but I didn't know if it was a real story or not. I don't know. It's for, I mean, it's from an actual news source. It's from um, uh, WSB-TV. Dayline Atlanta. Five actresses and a cameraman from the, uh, from the CW show The Vampire Diaries were arrested and charged after police said the actresses were, quote, Dangling off a Georgia overpass and flashing drivers. And as much as I'd like for this to be true, it doesn't seem like it can be because these girls are impossibly hot. And impossibly hot girls don't flash anybody. You know what flashes you? It's always some skank on the bus, and she doesn't mean to. It's just that she's wearing shorts that are way too roomy. Several drivers called 911 on August 22nd to report seeing the young women flashing drivers on I-75 from the side of the Rumble Road overpass just north of Macon. The women told Monroe County authorities they were just filming for the show and, quote, having fun. So uh, I encourage you to go online and take a look at these uh, at these girls. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right, Ball Talk time. So uh, we've got to start off with a little bit of uh, downer news. Uh, Miles Brand, the former University of Oregon and Indiana University president, and he was the former NCAA president, has passed away. He was famous for a couple of things, most notable being that he uh, added strict academic requirements to athletes and programs that didn't maintain standards in the NCAA, and he also fired perennial uh, player beater Bob Knight, which uh, that, that was pretty huge back in the day. I don't know if you remember Bob Knight, but he used to... Uh, he was the choker. Yeah, right? he, yeah, he choked. I believe his own son at one point who played for him uh, right on the court in front of everyone. So he was uh, uh, this guy, Miles Brand, actually fired him, and he died of all things. The most popular thing to die of apparently in recent uh, week has been pancreatic cancer. No, 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 Swayze's disease. S- Swayze's disease. My, my bad. There you go, so uh, yes, Miles Brand passes away from Swayze disease at uh, age of sixty-seven. Uh, President Obama made a speech on the White House lawn yesterday in his continuing effort to bring the Olympics to. 
Chicago in 2016. He hosted an Olympic rally, taking time out of uh, doing all kinds of other much more important things to uh, try to bring the Olympics to Chicago. The International Olympic Committee is going to be voting on October 2nd, and it's down to Chicago, Rio de Janeiro, Madrid, and Tokyo as the finalists. So we'll uh, keep you updated on that. And uh, in Philadelphia yesterday, there was a kind of a sports-related story. There was a guy... This guy, uh, Steve Monforto, went to a Philadelphia Phillies game, you know, uh, up in the upper stands in the upper deck, and he actually got a foul ball, caught the foul ball, uh, which is so hard to do, and it's the, apparently the first foul ball that he has ever caught, a uh, diehard Phillies fan. Caught the ball, it's all caught on camera, he's standing there all happy, hands it to his four-year-old daughter, who takes the ball and promptly throws it back down on the field. Oh, kids, they throw away the darndest things. Yeah, I would, uh, I would be enraged, which is further proof why birth control is important. But, um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, he lost his ball. But the thing is, he's required to say that it's charming, though. That's because he's a parent? Yeah, we actually have an audio clip of that, of him uh, saying this. Thrilled to be here and one of the great... Oops, that's Jenna Bush. Hang on. I mean, looking back, I should have realized that, you know, she she gets a ball from Dad, she's going to throw it. But I had, you know, at the time, I was just so excited to give it to her. That's like when your kid does some illegible scrawl of a finger painting and you have to say that it's genius. No, no, no. It's yeah. That's a great thing you did. Dear, that daddy's really happy. He didn't want that ball at all. That's yeah, you've destroyed the dream of 32 years that I have. But, oh, but I love you. You're so cute. Here's the thing I wonder about with those guys that catch, uh, that catch the foul balls or the stray balls or whatever at, the, you know, at Major League Baseball games. And I guess this could happen in a lot of sporting events. But in, but in baseball, it seems like there's the unique opportunity for you to try to catch that thing and instead it goes right through your teeth. Yeah, that could happen. That That's what I would think would always happen. Or you're going to screw something up in the game, like the uh, Chicago guy did when he caught the. Oh, I remember that when he, when he, well, yeah, when he tipped the, uh, he tipped the ball somehow, or he did something or other, and he, but he screwed he, it up. He right? interfered with it and turned it into a home run instead of instead of. Uh, and he had to like the, run before the fans lynched him. Oh yeah, he he yeah. had to move out of Chicago. He doesn't even live in <laughs> Chicago anymore. He He's lives like, in uh, New England, and I think he even changed his name. He had so many death threats. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's he was he cannot return to that state at all. Well, that's what you know. And he was from Chicago. Mm-hmm. That actually yeah. brings us all the way back Cubs. to the beginning. You were talking about uh, about Obama trying to get the IOC to bring the Olympics to Chicago, mm-hmm. you would think that in Chicago you would just know a guy who knows a guy who knows Vinny the Chin, yeah. and Vinny the Chin will sit down with Lefty the Fingers, and they'll you know and they'll talk to a guy the the yeah. IOC, and they'll make it clear that the Olympics need to come here. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking Madrid about. Madrid is not going to be suitable for you. <laughs> I think you're going to find they have a previous commitment. Awesome. Ah, there we go. So uh, that's what's going on there, and um, also tonight Georgia Tech is taking on. Number 20 Miami uh, game that I don't really care about, and that's happening tonight. But there's lots of games going on this weekend. So tomorrow in Ball Talk, we'll have another edition of Who's Going to Be Crying This Weekend. I'm very, very much looking forward to this. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Straight ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. 7.20 brings you food porn. 8 o'clock, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio. And at 8.20, Dustin Voitko, who is the uh, third or fourth competitor we're talking to in the KUFO uh, uh, Survive It to Drive It contest. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Where I come from, it is normal to be gay. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Whatever. What can you do? Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from Portland. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Are you going to put that on your uh, Facebook page? 
please tell me the answer is yes. I really don't. Well, I want to leave my scooter picture up there for a while, but Nibbler took a picture. Okay, we have the greatest photo uh, of Sarah that just happened during the break, and here's what I mean by greatest photo. I'll let you explain exactly the details of this in just a moment, how it came to be. But as I understand it, you were coming around a corner. Greg was coming around the other side of the corner. One of you was carrying a cup of coffee. You collided together, and now... Sarah's yes. right Sarah's right bosom uh it now has a big wet stain on the front of it and it does look for all the world uh like you're uh, the, the, either with child or v- really, about to be with child. It looks like I'm lactating. Looks like I wasn't going to say that. Uh, I wasn't going to say it's the like L word. Dab right on like it was slow motion as Greg and I bumped into each other I'm like Whoa, and then like I saw the coffee kind of fly into the air and it just went spat. It is it is like the nursing bra isn't quite thick enough on that one side. That is exactly what it looks. There's just it no getting around. It. I, and it's I, creeping me out. It, it, I mean, it's weirding me out. And I and here's the I'm thing: I'm sorry, it's too hot to wear my sweatshirt right now. I, I, and and maybe I, if you take it right on your scooter, it might dry. <laughs> and the thing that I have to apologize for is like I keep staring at it. I mean, which is just because it's because it's so bizarre. Of all the people, I would expect to have some sort of a. Have you no. walked by the a couple- patch of wetness in that part of their body? Like you, the, you are the dead effing last. You are the absolute last person. So. Have you walked by the couple studio window like that yet? <laughs> no, they'll congratulate you. They'll, oh, that's so great. Are you registered somewhere? What is the uh, what is what is the bundle of joy's name, Sarah? Oh. Is there a special man in your life? Now you're just being creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, to quit looking at that. All right, it's uh, the Rick Harris show. Quit looking at that. Rock 101 KUFO. Greg Nibbler's uh, uh, ball talk just happened to twenty. Uh, I don't know what twenty minutes ago, something like that. And somebody was asking. Somebody asked if Bobby Knight had died. It was not Bobby Knight. Somebody sent me an email about this. It was um, uh, what was the guy's name? Miles. Uh, His name was Miles Brand. Miles Brand, the guy who fired Bobby Knight. Bobby yeah. Knight, because evil people live forever. So Bobby Knight will be kept alive through the power of hate for all time. I think. This text says, Rick. It was brought to my attention. Michael Landon died of pancreatic cancer. First, what about calling it Landon's disease? Nah, nobody. Landon's disease. Wasn't Michael Landon the guy? He wasn't the guy that uh, was knocking his kids around, was he? No, no, no. But he was kind of a bastard, right? Isn't that the deal with Michael Landon? Was, was he... nice. My well, mom was really sad. Well, he he, he was fine as as long as he was having an affair with his makeup artist. <laughs> okay, but uh, but if but if Papa didn't get his medicine, things turned ugly. Kids, you know what happens when Daddy doesn't get his sugar. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center, downtown Portland. Six forty-four. We'll have clouds and fog early this morning. A nice sunny day after that. High temperatures in the 70s. Breaking news, arrest has been made in the murder of Yale University graduate student Annie Lee. New Haven Police Chief uh, had a press conference just moments ago and arrested someone we expected to be arrested. An arrest warrant was signed charging Clark for the murder in the death of Annie Lee. Bond has been set at $3 million. Raymond J. Clark III, 24 years of age of Middleton, Connecticut, was arrested at a motel in Commonwealth, Connecticut. This guy sounds like he's about to vomit. That uh, that is not a man who enjoys being on camera, right there. Whoever that guy no, is, he, he's going to have to learn to get used to it. Based upon numerous interviews, forensic evidence, and information learned from vi- uh, viewing videos, I have social anxiety. Detectives have secured the arrest warrant for Clark. 
This arrest warrant has been sealed. So no further information can be released in order to comply with this court order. Oh my I'm gosh. sorry. He's I'm really shaking up. <laughs> I'm not laughing right. at, this, at this situation. Well, let's see what else he can find. I, can throw it here. I can't even pay attention to the actual content. He's really shaking by this. He really needs to join Toastmasters. I just... <laughs> here's a... I think it's important to note, this is not about urban crime. No, I shouldn't be swallowing my mouth. Domestic crime. It's not about domestic crime, but an issue of workplace violence, which is a, becoming a growing concern around the country. Okay, he's starting to embrace this now. I can confirm there was a lot wrong. You know, there were statements about, uh, you know, a manhunt. We were chasing him. Uh, there chasing. was early reports about the uh, the body. Uh, there was uh, reports about a, a romantic relationship. None of those are true. What is up with that guy's accent? What is, what is going on there? Two crack. Yeah, he's got some weird... It's like at any point, I just expect him just to spray everywhere. That's bad. All right. So in the meantime, with all this is going on, Jenna Bush is going to lose all the thunder of her first day on the Today Show. Thrilled to be here, and one of the great parts is that now I'm not ever again, promise, part of the story, and that I get to tell terrific stories about people doing wonderful things. Mm. The arrest warrant was signed, charging Clark for the murder and the death of Annie Lay. Bond is, has been set at $3 million. Raymond J. Clark... It's like somebody's jiggling his stomach while he speaks. Middleton, Connecticut, was arrested at a motel in Commonwealth, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, I wonder what that guy looks like. I don't know. Oh, it's good that we can find levity in this horrible story, Tim. That is the, um, that's the silver lining in this awful dark cloud of a news tale. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm not going to, not, not going to dignify this, uh, this text by reading on the air, but this guy who uh, sent us this crude text about Sarah's other, uh, as yet, uh, dry bosom. Here's the thing. It doesn't get you any points when in the, uh, course of mentioning one of Sarah's breasts, you misspell both breast and Sarah. So if I were you... No, Rick, my name is Sarah. <laughs> and Brest apparently doesn't have an A on his planet. So I would take a little time to proofread those things before you send him off there, uh, Casanova. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> so let's talk about this uh, ACORN thing, about the uh, government paying to start up a prostitution service. We now have some of these tapes. Uh, this is kind of interesting. So we have the ACON employee telling the pimp and the prostitute... The ACON employee. Yep. That, uh, that <laughs> I want to get laid right now. No. So, sorry. So, sorry. Sorry. You're ruining the whole joke. <laughs> just, that's what I do. I know. So, In the Commonwealth, Massachusetts. So, I'm sorry. I'll, that, was I'll, sta- that was the state of Connecticut. I'm in a state over here. So the acorn employee tells the pimp and a prostitute that she, too, ran an escort service, and she knows what it's like. I guess the, the issue is that we came here, and we want to set up sort of like a business. Um, to do this type of thing, and prostitution that's right. We've been we've been to a couple of banks to try to obtain housing, uh, a place to establishment where yeah. where you can do your work, and we faced a lot of discrimination from many. Well, now, you have, you know, a long time ago, myself. Although I don't think anyone knows it, not that I care whether they do or don't. I'm what ca- we they, we call escorts. Yeah. You know, and I'm in a service. Really? Yeah. Well, Heidi Fleiss is my hero. 
Heidi Fleiss is my hero. So I'm, she's her mic's a little overdriven. I get I'm missing part of her dialogue. But the well, be- this was she doesn't care this about. This wasn't it. supposed to be a reality show. But the best it's, part is when the guy talks about setting up something, and she actually clarifies, and she sounds like um. She kind of sounds like Edie McClure. She goes, a prostitution service in the background. Like, just to make it clear for any prosecutors who might be listening that that is, in fact, what they're talking about. That's awesome. So just to make this all just a little bit worse than it has to be, (laughs) Wolf Blitzer comes on and sympathizes with all of those involved in this scandal. So many of these people, almost all of them that we see, are so poor and they are so black. Wow. What? I believe that might be uh, from a uh, that might be from a uh, a separate story altogether, but that is a uh, uh, no. It is from this story. Are you sure? Yes. How much? How much? How how positive are you about that? I am. Where where is that soundbite from? It's uh, from Delicious Audio. I'm fairly certain that Delicious Audio pulled that from the Katrina story that he covered. I think that might be a juxtaposition uh, of sound bites on the part of Delicious Audio. You know, I think you're correct. I think Delicious Audio yeah. did not quite fact check that. Are you kidding They decided me? to post it. Yeah. He did say that, though. Yes, no, no. I, but, but it isn't from that story. I yeah. can't believe Delicious Audio would do that. Oh, I can. I can't believe the journalistic standards of the Rick Emerson show have been called into question by me, Rick Emerson. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, so what, what else are we doing here? Well, a new poll shows Oregonians have been hit hard by the recession. This poll taken by the only Oregonians working. The survey commissioned by the Northeast uh, Area Foundation reports the recession is worse than the 12.2%. The rate says one-third of Oregonians surveyed have either lost their jobs or have a family member who lost their job. Their support also said 79% of the people who responded say they know neighbors struggling to make ends meet. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't. I think that I it was who here. would refute these. Disclosure. I, I think it was on the air we were talking about how you walk through, like especially in Southeast, you go through and you'll see those uh, you know, those foreclosure notices like actually tapped up to the door. Because I think it's a law. I think they have to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to put a foreclosure notice on the house, like physically there. And I think if somebody gets booted out of their house, they have to put some, you know, like the person who lives here has been evicted because or they've been foreclosed upon because of the following. And they, it's like a... Um, I've, I've seen them. Yeah, it, you know, it's like if you're going to build somewhere, you have to put up a thing to allow the public to weigh in on it. But I think if you foreclose on somebody, you've got to put a thing in the door that says how much they were in arrears for and whatever. And, and you just, you see just those everywhere uh, now. So, I mean, here's the irony of it. I don't mean to sound like I'm piling on to our good friends who work in print journalism. This is the one thing, strangely enough, that will keep the Oregonian uh, floating and in business for some time, is there's got to be somebody to cover all this terrible financial news. So, I, I mean, because that was I think, the front page the last three days has been about this uh, unemployment rate. So, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, from California comes word, a devil-worshipping 15-year-old girl amidst the burning down a church in Orange, California. She hates the church, and she worships the devil. <laughs> Awesome. Now that's something we can uh, we file to, away. We need ju- to save that soundbite immediately. That's a thing we should uh, juxtapose unfairly with other news stories in the future. Back to back with Obama saying jackass. But and then we, and then we can get on the phone and we can encourage delicious audio to record a burning down the church kind of a thing, and then hilarity ensues somewhere that's not here. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. The summer of celebrity deaths. It appears to be so. Uh, but research shows, in fact, no more celebrities have died than in past summers. This according to Lou Ferreira, the managing editor in charge of entertainment and lifestyle coverage for the AP. I swear for a minute, I thought you were going to say according to Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> I, no I, more I, celebrities I, have died this year than previous Uh So far, more than in death, this age group is concerned about its legacy. In a survey of at least 1,000 Americans age 44 to 79... 
55% say they would leave this world worse off than they found it. Wait, what? I don't understand. <laughs> missed something. Like, that. that's their goal? I don't... What do you want to do with your life? I want to ruin the planet and then die. That, according to a survey of 1,000 Americans aged 44 to 79, conducted by ARP, A-A-R-P. Right. 55% say they believe they would leave the world worse off than they found it. Do you mean like if given a choice? What is, I don't understand the question. That is the question. They would leave the world. Oh, you mean, in other words, they feel as though they have not done enough uh, to make the world a better place. I guess so. Well, no yeah. one does. I mean, that's just a. The, the, that's I mean, sad. You got, we got stuff to do. We have time to make the world a better place. I got, I got places to go. So, all right. Well, then, hey, you know, but you know, it just occurred to me. Uh, you know, so we had Snowpocalypse and then we had Hotpocalypse uh, 2009. Yes. Do we need to create some sort of a sounder for the, I mean, the summer of death, because summer's going to be over next, uh, uh, next uh, week. So the summer of death, we're probably too late on this. But do we need to create some special, uh, like a sounder or some some name for the you know for like the death fest that continues on through this? Because the celebrities are the, that story's conclusions to the contrary. It seems like celebrities are dropping dead like one a day. So do we need to come up with a title? Well, some two a day. What would we call it? It would be like ce- celeb celebrity death. Two thousand nine. Or just have That's somebody reading really the names. <laughs> have somebody reading the names in the background. Michael Jackson, Farrah Fawcett, Ed McMahon, Walter Cronkite, John Hughes, Edward Kennedy, Patrick Swayze, Mary, Peter Paul, and Mary. See, that's a lot. John that Hewitt. is a lot. Uh, DJ AM. DJ AM. Robert Novak. And then, so we would call it. It would be. Uh, I can't remember to say. Uh, there's something that rhymes with. There's nothing that rhymes with celebrity. That's the problem. There's nothing that rhymes with uh, with show business. These are all. They're, they're sort of big mouthfuls of words. All right. Well, everybody, think on that. Uh, we might need a. Uh, we might not we might even need a name assistant. for the. Uh, oh, Les Paul. For the on. Um, oh yeah. Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. That's right. Okay. Well, is there anybody? Okay. Who else are we missing then? Because we were talking to Roop about this about when the Oscar Dead Parade comes around. You always realize that there's people you've forgotten about. Uh, somebody from. Uh, uh, Henry Gibson. He died yesterday. We've already forgotten about him. Oh, God. <laughs> we talked about him this morning. <laughs> we mentioned him two hours ago. That means by tomorrow, I don't remember who he was. That's true. Uh, I think they used to hold up the flower and read poems. That, and he was also... What about in... the, the guy, the uh, infomercial guy? Oh, the guy that died from cocaine. Billy yeah. Mays. Billy, Billy Mays. Mays. Okay, somebody else died the same week as Billy Mays. Who was it? Didn't somebody famous die the same? I thought it was DJ AM, I think. No, no, no. no. That, was, no that, was that was just like two weeks ago. Michael ja- Mike, Michael we just Jackson. forgot Michael Jackson. Oh no, he God. was the first one, I think. <laughs> All right. You know, but you just said his name, and already I was like, what about Michael Jackson? Well, that's because there were six names after that. Good God Almighty. See, Americans have a very short attention span. They're coming, uh, it really is just coming fast and furious at this point. All right. Uh, let's do one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up around the corner with Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week. I had a uh, geek watch here at some point, a devil geek watch. Uh, or do you want to save it? Yeah, that's because well, I'll read something else. Yeah, there's lots to, to do with that one. Well, people in the city of Everett, apparently there have been 50 complaints in the past six months about what some baristas are wearing or about nothing. There has been a proliferation of coffee stands with baristas using see-through clothing. Did you say a proliferation of coffee stains, Tim? Stains, That yes. make clothing see-through? They're wearing see-through clothing. Oh. I'm sorry. Throngs and other scanty apparel. The Yakima City Council approved some minor changes to that city's exposure law. I guess they need it there. The Everett Herald says some people are complaining about bikini baristas coming out of coffee stands and behaving in a provocative manner to drop business. What could that be? I think they're gyrating on the corner in a suggestive fashion. In response, the city is considering updating its lewd behavior ordinance to cover up drive-up businesses. That would also cover indecent exposure. By the way, somebody said, what did, what did the listener suggest for a name? Uh, Deathwood? Deathwood, instead of uh, Hollywood. Somebody suggested Death Star. There's something there, like a Death Star, Star Death. I like that one. Yeah, there's something. Uh, 
we we can't just keep calling everything uh, apocalypse. Yeah, celebrity death apocalypse. Oh, Farrah Fawcett. We totally forgot about Farrah Fawcett. I think Tim said Farrah Fawcett. I think I did. Did you? Yes. All right. Well, any event. All right, straight ahead, we have uh, Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week who will join us with another installment of Food Porn. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, don't forget, this coming Saturday, September 19th at the Portland Art Museum from 6 p.m. to midnight, it is Shine a Light, a night at the museum. Enjoy art, music, games, and more on this special one-night-only event. You sample art-inspired beer by Lompoc, Laurelwood, and the Lucky Lab and get to listen to great mu- uh, music and musicians as well. That is this Saturday, September 19th at the Portland Art Museum. Shine a Light, a night at the museum. Uh, if you are uh, caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. You yourself will pick up a four-pack of tickets to that. 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101 in mere moments. We'll be joined by Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. We'll talk about uh, Music Fest Northwest, which is, uh, as I understand it, is the big story this week that the young people are all about. So, And by young people, I mean Sarah Dillon. So I'm you, so excited. It, I, so one of my favorite bands, Dillinger 4, hasn't played in Portland for like eight or nine years, and they're playing Music Fest on Saturday. I'm so excited. We'll talk about we'll talk about that here in a second, and we, all of this stuff sort of coming down the pike today that we will uh, that we'll get to. We've also got food porn coming up seven twenty. Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio at eight o'clock, and at eight twenty, Dustin Voitko, who's the uh, third of the four contestants we're going to talk to for KUFO's Survive at the Drive It contest that that begins uh, Monday seven a.m. at uh, Dick Hannon Dodge. So we'll uh, talk to Dustin next hour. Tim Riley tracking the following headlines for you on this Thursday morning. Well, it looks like Mayor Adams can keep his two houses after all. Portland Museums will offer free admission one day only, and we're going to hear a montage of phone calls from harassing debt collectors. Awesome. Uh, And we should note, by the way, that uh, uh, Amy Archer, who is a Hollywood uh, reporter, died this year. We were talking about dead celebrities that we missed. That was last week. You know who else we missed? Who? We completely forgot to talk about David Carradine. Remember when David Carradine was a big story? He was one of the first ones. Totally spaced on that. Also, Danny Gans. (gasps) Danny Gans. Danny Gans. He was the inspiration for me being the Oregon Entertainer of the Year for the fourth year running, uh, by the way. He died, I think mean, it was I mean, it was like February, March, something like that? Yeah. April? Yeah, towards the beginning of the year. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, really, they are kind of coming fast and, and furious this year. And before we uh, welcome Kelly, one more, in fact, let's just do this. Let's welcome Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week right now, because you work in an office, so you can weigh in on this. This is not a thing I'm I... On int- death? No, no, no. This is something else I'm getting to, and I, I hadn't really intended to talk about it, but just now as we were in the break, there's something that happened that I wanted to mention. Because this is a thing that everybody has probably dealt with. There are two constants in an office. One, single most valuable office supply at the Willamette is what? And I'm not talking about like like a thing, uh, like a machine or like the Xerox, you know, the copy or whatever. No, I mean, stapler. See, are you saying? See, for me, it's post-it notes. I would think that the post-it notes. Post-its that, are big, but we have an amazing supply. I mean, we have an amazing array of of office supplies. It's kind of like a catalog that we all ooh and well, at least I do. I, I do you have like an office max. Yeah, thing? and like we look down. I'm like, ooh, can I was like, can you get me that stamp with the star on it and one that says, you know, failed on it? And I, well, do they do that? Every once in a while, depends on who's working there. If I sweet talk them, yeah. if they're feeling really charitable. Like, I have a red. I have a red sort of like modern interpretation of a swing line. 
that I got uh, because the the front desk dude likes me. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. They used to have a catalog at the front desk here that it was like an actual thick paper catalog, and you could go up and you could look through it, and you could just say, "All right, I need one of these, and one of these." And I wouldn't even point at the thing; I would just give them the item number. I need A seven five three two one dash stroke J. I also need three of the five zero one two six six five Bs right there, and if you could have those overnighted, that would be awesome. <laughs> and then as soon as the recession hit, uh, suddenly the big clampdown began, and A. They make you jump through a bunch of hoops for everything. B, there's no catalog anymore. You now have to go up and you have to, and God love Dave's in. I understand why he understood that he has to be a taskmaster in some ways because people abuse the system. And by people, I mean us. But you can't actually look through the paper catalog anymore. You'll go up and you'll say, hey, Dave, I need to uh, get an office supply. And he'll go, um, and what is it? And you'll say, I need to get a box of pens. Um, okay, I'll bring the website up and um, just stand next to me and point at what you want and tell me. Like they <laughs> That's won't kind actually. Of our system. Yeah, you can't actually look through it and just be like picking stuff out like it like it's off a menu uh, anymore. Oh, but the, those days are gone. Your, you can't pick your pens anymore. I can pick. Well, I your buy my. Balls? No, no, no. I buy these myself. Oh, I buy my obviously. pens myself out of pocket because it gives me a little thrill to go to the office supply store and pay for them. Yeah. I get an. Like I get the an, first day of school all over it's again. It's like an almost visceral uh, thrill when I when I go and I hand over money and they hand me a box of pens in return. So I'm saying for me. From my vantage point, post-it notes, because that's the thing that everybody steals, right? That's the most stolen office supply off someone else's desk. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you, sons of bitches, I, and I'll find you. I know. I think I stole your post-it notes the other day. See, but when you do it, it's not stealing. You're just using because mm-hmm. you and I work together. But there's some bastard in this building, and you will be found out by me, and there will be a reckoning. Well, I come back to my office, post-it notes, <laughs> gone, gone, and not a few, all of them vanished, gone from this place. So, And somebody see? opens up those blinds. And, oh, leaves them they, and it scares me when I come oh, in in the morning. Oh, yeah, you don't want to be... There, there's nothing to see out that window. No, no. You, except for except homeless for people, people fornicating. <laughs> oh, wow. The homeless people humping it out of my post-it notes are gone. What oh, kind have, of a world is this? We have those, too. Wow. So, this is a lot like my office. The post-it note, the most valuable office supply. That, in my opinion, that is a constant. Here's the other thing. There is another constant. Well, there's two more. Okay. One, everybody loves but is terrified of that big paper-cutting shunk thing and you know what i'm talking about when i say that it is just a huge it's like a thing just designed to harm you it's just a big cut chunk and well, that, you use it to cut paper for the uh, the opening of a current affair way back when on fox that's what that came from are I you kidding me thing. that's how they made it my mother actually owns one of those wait a minute but i uh, okay. for her home use is your mom a teacher no she just really likes wrapping presents Okay, okay. so your mom likes wrapping presents and has a big chunk paper cutter. Tim, you were telling me that the Current Affairs Sounder is a paper cutting device? Yeah. Are you sure about uh-huh. that? They let the spring go loose, and that's how they made it. Okay, hold on a second. I'm finding These it right now. A piece of trivia. <laughs> hold on a second. I did extensive uh, research on this way back when. I I'm looking at, I'm looking this up right now. Current Affairs hasn't been on the air I, in years. No, 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 I, but I got I to gotta find it. Um, let's see, Current affair. Okay, I'm going to find that, and we're going to play it. Here, My final observation about office supplies is this. So there's the paper cutting thing, like a chunk thing. The second thing that is an object of mystery and wonder to everybody is what Sarah has to go use because uh, Sarah brought from home this... um this many, many-paged document. Uh, it's a printout of the manual for your new motorcycle, is it uh-huh. not? But you got to staple it because you don't, you don't want it all falling apart. So I told her she was trying to use a regular, like, handheld stapler, and the thing's oh, like 200 no, no, pages no. long, and that's not going to work. There's an industrial stapler back by the printer. But what is this about? It does this thing where the, 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 the ends of the staple come out the back in a way that this is like des- designed to harm you. Right. You put it in your bag, so you stick your hand in, you'll get cut every time. What is, what is the reasoning for that, Tim? Do you I, know? I did not invent that. I don't know. Okay. But it doesn't work for me. Center. You have the current affair thing? Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you 
Yeah. So you're saying it's like a like they flange it or they put oh. a reverb or something oh. on it? Can you play that one more time? Can you save that for me? I lost my version of that when we moved to this new studio. How can you live without that? I we used to use it all the time on this show, and I and then I lost it when we moved over here. So. Sounds like Tron. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That is that that is one of the definitive moments in American journalism is the introduction of that sound to triangle. separate news stories. <laughs> totally. Um, but what possible reason would there be to have a stapler where the staples come out the back like some sort of weird pokey butterfly wing, uh, you know, just there to perforate your hands? Maybe Anyone? Maybe. I don't know. That's why I don't use it. But everybody, Greg, do you have any idea why the stapler is designed that way? I have no idea. I don't think we can help. It, it's I am it's begging to be uh, reinvented. Well, hold on a second. Well, let's just uh, hold on. Hello, hi, uh, Rick Emerson. Show who might this be? Uh, the, well, I don't have time to go on the air or anything, but I. Okay. Well, we'll just pass your comments along to Rick. Uh, Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Well, just pass along your comments to Rick. What, what did okay. you want to tell him? Uh, I was listening to the podcast and uh, the Don Taylor <laughs> review thing on Dead Girl. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wanted. I was. Wait. Hold up. Your, hold on. Your phone call's breaking up. All right. Thanks. All right. This it's, is why I screen the calls. Five. I was trying to get an answer to the stapler thing so we didn't have to drag it over to the next uh, to the next <laughs> segment. So we're going to be behind with. Uh, we got food porn to do. Important right. things, yes. We used to have that, speaking of sound effects, and we used to have that thing that sounded like the phone was breaking up, and it would go like... Yes. And then it would just click. I guess it back. was lost along with the current affair thing. I'm sorry, moves. Greg. That's, and that's my fault for trying to do your job for you. That's what I get for trying to get all uppity and you know, this is above my raisin. And straight ahead, uh, <laughs> Kelly Clark has food porn uh, coming up at the 740 More News from Tim Riley. 8 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, and at uh, 820... Dustin Voitko, who's one of our uh, contestants for Survive It to Drive It. You, yes, you are listening to the Rick Emerson Radio Program live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay right there. We continue next. It's Thursday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 740. That's uh, more news from Tim Riley, who is tracking the following headlines for you on your Thursday morning. So there's been an arrest in connection with that dead student found at Yale. It's the person everybody thought it would be. Mayor Adams will not face foreclosure after all. And the Portland Water Bureau warns the color of your drinking water is going to change this fall, but it's fine and drinks up. Uh, why is it changing? I don't think they've adequately explained this. Vegetation falls into the water during the summer. See, uh, how so is we're it... we're drinking vegetation and that's okay. Uh, are we just supposed to view that as extra nutrition? How is it that that's not anything to worry about is my question. Well, I mean, uh, water's only supposed to have, you know, water in it. Yes. Water is only supposed to have water in it. But I mean... Well, when plants fall in, they change the color of the water. Yeah, I... Okay, well, I understand that, but I... They, they the, can't... They can have somebody sift the color out of it, but that would be too time-consuming every time you want... Why don't you just get Brita? I was just going to... Like, I can go to the store for like $9. I can buy a filter. It goes on my faucet. Why can't the city filter the water before they give it to me? I mean, not not that I really care all that much. I suppose it's just vegetation, but I mean, still, yeah. it's you would think that I don't trust the word vegetation. Th- see, that's my thing. What does that mean, vegetation? And Who if knows? I mean, and if it's just here's another question I have: if there's just vegetation falling into the water, then at least that's like a known property, right? It, it it's is, a known it, known. It is a known <laughs> known, as Donald Rumsfeld would say, or at least a known unknown. Mm. Uh, 
But if the water is, let's say, oh, I don't know, some jaundice color of yellow, how are you going to know if something worse falls into it? You know? Like if they were to filter out the vegetation, then suddenly the water's brown. Maybe there's a homeless guy floating up there. Maybe not. But, you know, just the family of woodchucks is something. It teeters into the Mount Tabor Reservoir or wherever it is. But if the water's already yellow and you're just sort of accepting it, that fact, it seems like that is a mask behind which might travel many other sedimentary properties that I don't want to ingest. Yep, I, I believe you. You don't care because you live in Tannisporn. No, I use Brita. All right. Fine, fine. You drink your fancy clean water without any vegetation. It's only nine bucks. Without a putrid yellow stain in it. Fine. See if I care. All right. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week is here. Hello, Kelly Clark. Hey there. Nice to be back. What color is the water where you live? It's bright, sparkling, clear. Is that true? Do you, is it, uh, is it the amazingly uh, crisp, clear water, free of any vegetation? The bull or, you run, know, yes. The bull run water. Dead guys. I live in outer south, yeah, outer northeast where... You know, everything is wonderful. Is that where the Bull Run <laughs> Reservoir goes to? Have we, uh, have we figured oh, out exactly where it feeds? I have no idea feeds? where my water no, comes the, from. The, it could be coming from the suburbs. It could be coming from a vat outside my house that <laughs> so my stormwater <laughs> runoff could be going straight through my sink. But I just, our it, water still tastes better than everybody else's, so I'm going to deal with a little bit of vegetation. Also, because our vegetation tastes better than everybody else's. So I'll tell you what's this. What's the problem? I was reading, uh, and i got to quit doing this. i got to quit reading uh, the road before I go to bed at night. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. So I'm reading Cormac McCarthy's Road, and as my like wife, in your head. as my wife will tell you, I woke up this morning at around 2 a.m. and it was that thing where I don't remember what I was dreaming about, but it was like I went from sleep to like waking up, going ah! at like 2 a.m., which terrified my wife, and then of course both the dogs immediately began barking at the top of their lungs <laughs> oh. because they think there's an intruder, you know, rapping at the window pane. I had a Cloverfield dream last night. Oh, dude! Last this morning, like right when I woke up, was when the monster was like coming at me. It was so freaky. And the thing I read in the road before I went to bed, it was you know, they've, it was where he's found like a like an underground well or something where there's some clean drinking water that you know nobody has discovered yet, and he's talking about how he puts the jar down and he brings up the water, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, but and how he, you know, he drink takes a drink of the water, and he said he, you know, like nowhere in his memory banks had anything ever tasted so good. Mm-hmm. And it's then you get the, then you just get weird apocalyptic apocalyptic dreams where there's no water and you wake up all thirsty. So it's just a whole yeah. So I get this whole drinking water in the brain thing today. Oh, by anyway. the way, there are 200 species of mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, and fish near the watershed. They could all fall in. Um, <laughs> it's just vegetation, Tim. If, if by vegetation you mean decaying seagulls. We've used the old bull run since 1895. The old bull run. Is that what you call it? That's, yes. Is that when you and Ma are going down to uh, going down Click-A-Tat Way mm-hmm. uh, to uh, pay a visit to the Jenkins and uh, take a walk through their orchards? It's within the Monhood National Forest. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, please make way for Kelly Clark and food porn, won't you please? Oh, I'm sorry. That's totally the wrong, uh, totally the wrong sound effect. <laughs> You're totally please, not setting the mood, right? Please make way for Kelly Clark <laughs> yeah. and food porn. Okay. You know, Rick talks a lot about bacon on this show, so usually I shy away from bacon talk and food porn, but I had the most amazing bacon dessert last night. I had a bacon-studded cornbread with maple ice cream and maple syrup. So imagine that hot, fresh cornbread with little crispy studded bits of fatty bacon paired with a creamy, rich ice cream that already tastes sort of breakfasty, and it's all breakfasty, breakfasty, breakfasty. Uh, <laughs> All sort of together, melting and oozing and crunchy, all together wrapped up in a happy, delicious, savory bow. It was the best dessert ever. This is at Le Pigeon uh, on East Burnside, and they've had it uh, for a couple years, but I highly suggest you go back and try it. What kind of, uh, was oh. this like a, your regular smoked, uh, pardon me, regular bacon or like an apple wood or perhaps no, a it peppery? Was a, it wasn't a pepper bacon. It was uh, a regular smoked bacon, and they actually cook the bacon in the cornbread, so they, they do like a little bit of a cook in it and then, you know, mix it up in the in the mix 
and bake the cornbread, and then they fry up a bunch more bacon and put it on top of it, and then put it on top of the maple ice cream as well. That is awesome. So oh and it God. tastes like it basically tastes like a Jimmy Dean sausage treat in a dessert form. I like what we're saying. Yeah, it's I, amazing. I had never really, I wasn't a fan of the bacon with, with anything sweet before oh. until, I don't know, I was at, uh, it was my father's place or something, uh, which is one of my very favorite places on earth. Sure. And it was somebody was saying, no, no, no you ought to you know, you do the thing of getting the bacon on top of your pancakes. And I was oh, like, yeah. that's, that's revolting. What are you just gross? What are you talking about? And they said, you know, look, don't have contempt prior to investigation. You, you should try it before you dismiss it out of hand. And I got pancakes, bacon on top, little maple syrup, not a lot, just a little. And it was awesome. It oh. was really fantastic. And so that was my introduction. And I still don't care for the maple bar with bacon, but that's because I don't like donuts. Right. Okay. But maple, cold ice cream with warm cornbread? That oh is, God. no, no, no. That's, oh, I'm yeah, sold. That's I'm totally sold on that. And then when you get that. the salt of the bacon, you just can't get any better than that. Oh, yeah. that is fantastic. And where uh, can sweet. this be obtained? This is at Le Pigeon. It's a restaurant in East Burnside. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. You can literally close your eyes, pick anything on the menu, and it's great. But you got to get the bacon cornbread. Excellent. And uh, don't forget, while I'm a week, uh, you guys are talking about All About Music Fest Northwest. Yeah, that you is your big, Northwest. Uh, it's huge. It's 200 bands at a bunch of clubs. It runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can get a wristband for 60 bucks and go see 200 bands. It's amazing. Awesome. Fantastic. And they aren't just crap bands. They're amazing bands. It's no, not just it's crap girl bands. girl talk. It's Sunny Day Real Estate. It's Bad Brains. And right Arctic now, Monkeys playing, too? Arctic Monkeys are also oh, playing. Dude, and the, always and the, wanted to see them. And the great thing is that a bunch of these shows are actually, the tickets are sold out, so you you got to get the wristband if you want to go. But if you go to Music Fest Northwest dot com give you all the information or you can go to wweek.com as well and you will be assaulted in a nice way by uh, music fest information it'll be like a like a pleasant ear raping exactly all right straight ahead we have news from tim riley that was kelly clark who you can read in print in willamette week or online at wweek.com ladies and uh, gentle folk coming up at eight o'clock steve castenbaum from cnn radio and at 820 the third of our four contestants for survive it and drive it it is the rick emerson radio program we are live from portland go nowhere more of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. 503 228 Four one zero one. You can also text to be like at five two zero five one five two zero five one. Coming up top of the hour, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio. So I guess they've. Uh, are they officially pinched this guy in the in the Yale case? They arrested him. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. So we'll have more details on that sometime between now and nine o'clock. Your chance to see Rob Zombie's masterwork, Halloween Two, hailed by some critics, including Sarah Dillon, as the greatest film of the year. Hey, are you <laughs> going to put that photograph up where it looks like you're lactating? No. Hey, are you going to put that photograph up where it looks like you're lactating? <laughs> I look awful in that I've got a picture. copy of it right here. Are you going to put that photograph I'll up? I'll put it up. Okay. I'll put Maybe it up. Maybe we, we should save it for our next radiothon. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't... How much would you pledge to see this photograph of Sarah Dillon uh, with a... It's like a coffee stain, right? Is that the deal? You came around the corner and... I came around the corner and Greg and I comically smashed into each other and the coffee went flying through the air. So the coffee... It must have... How do I put this? The coffee must have just sort of gone straight up, and then I think it went, uh, yeah, it went because straight up, and then bloop. that part sort of protrudes out further. And, and therefore, I'm just trying to say, like, how did you? Because somebody's like, how did she only get the stain on that part of her body? That's why and it looks so ridiculous. It does. I mean, it was like a million to one shot, but it's uh, it's awesome, and it's sort of the horrible way. At the news desk, it's uh, Tim Riley. 
In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning for the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 746 now. We'll have clouds and fog this morning. Then it's going to be a nice day. Highs in the 70s. We have a report of an accident. Northeast 80th and Columbia. Beware if you're in that area. Mayor Adams will not face foreclosure on his two homes after all. This after being late paying his mortgages. He's all caught up now since his Bo Breedlove legal fees have come to an end and Bo's 50 minutes of fame had been fleeted. Now, is that, uh, first of all, A, have his legal troubles come to an end? Well, they're not, they're never going to get enough signatures to do this recall thing. No. I mean, that's not going to work. So it's come to So well, it's I pretty mean, much done. Yeah, it's a done deal. All right, he lives to, uh, whatever, another day. As yeah, far yeah. as, Bo, are you still following Bo Breedlove on Facebook? Yeah, the, we're still friends on there. All right. Has he, uh, has he posted anything else that uh, is of is of interest to us? Or no, did it pretty much top out with those photographs of him all <laughs> shirtless and greased up? You know, Bo just he just is always pimping his uh, website that he has and then just talks about... What do you suppose happens at his website? Is a lot of him just staring lingeringly at the camera? I read, yeah, I read one of them and it was like about love lost or something. He's a, he's a deep little one that... Bo. I like to think about stuff while rubbing my hands across my midsection. All right, here's Tim Riley. <laughs> Uh, police have made an arrest in connection with the murder of Yale graduate student Annie Lay. New Haven Police Chief James Lewis made the announcement ju- just a po- few moments ago. And yes, it is Raymond Clark. He's now officially accused of killing the 24-year-old Lay. An arrest warrant was signed charging Clark for the murder and the death of Annie Lay. Bond is, has been set at $3 million. Raymond J. Clark III, 24 years of age of Middleton, Connecticut, was arrested at a motel in Commonwealth, Connecticut. I see the trembler is back. The, what is up with that guy's voice? It's not just that he's nervous you can tell that he's he's camera shy and that's he's got some trembling going on there because of you know his anxiety but he's got that he's doing that weird thing where um he is substituting i think an l for an r is that can you play that one more time just we'll part it i'll, I'll I'll, I'll point out what I'm talking an about. arrest warrant was signed charging Clark for the murder and the death of Annie Lay. Bond is, has been set at $3 million. Raymond J. Clark III, 24 years of age of Middleton, Connecticut, was it's arrested that... at a motel in Commonwealth, Connecticut. Motel. It's, so his L's become W's. Well, they called him Raymond Colk instead of Raymond Clark. He inverted the letters. And also he says, comma, uh, he, he says uh, years of age. And then in the motel room. So his R's and his L's both somehow become W. And that's not nervousness. That's like a, that's a speech. That's a guy who, who doesn't know how to talk. Uh, there was something like a guy a, who doesn't know how to talk. Well, I'm just saying it's uh, we all have our own particular lexicon, but at least I kind of know where the words go. And where the, the speech it, impediment represent us in what in what order the letters are placed. That, that is true. It's a weird it's like he's on um, it's like he's on some sort of a gyrating platform as he speaks, though, because he's got a, and he's just swallowing half Anderson of his. Uh, Cooper pr- always pronounces two T's together as a D like in Manhattan. Oh, I do that, too, though. I know that I make um, I know how, that how I, do people do that. I uh, oh. Like I, I'm not devoid of any I was, accent I was, whatsoever. I was, I was just gonna people. just gonna say, Mister, he was charged with a misdemeanor. Uh, <laughs> I love hearing him say misdemeanor, which we which is fine. Like I don't it, like I, that's the thing. It, well, you it, understand what I'm talking about. Well, and I <laughs> and when I say that Sarah and I don't mention it, I don't mean that we don't mention it like in a condescending way or something. I like there's it nothing cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. There's nothing. It's not like we overlook it out of yeah, you know. I, are you saying this is something I say every morning? You. See now you're just now you're winding me up. Now you're just effing with us. We don't point it out because it's not uh, it, because it's not silly. In other words, it's not like that guy's accent. Because I know that we all have stuff. Well, for example, you do you have the New England accent where you will sometimes say "cod" and "yard" and "misdemeanor" and all that. You sound like Joe Perry, basically. Well, what happens if I have 
three R's in the sentence, I'll usually hit the first two and drop the last one. Or add an A to the end where it doesn't belong. Can you give us an example of that now? No, because I'm thinking about it. All right. Uh, I know that I do the thing, and I don't know where I got this. I know I do the thing when I speak. I mean, I got a lot of vocal tics. Let's have no illusions about that. But the one that I am very aware of is that I will sometimes replace an S with a D uh, sound. And and the most frequently uh, the most frequently heard occurrence of that when I speak is when I turn doesn't into doesn't. And I, I'm totally aware that I do that, that I will make a doesn't into a D-U-D-N apostrophe T, doesn't. It just, it's just a thing I've done for as long as I can remember. I have no idea why I do that. It's just, and see, now everybody will notice it whenever I do it. Sarah, verbal tics in your pronunciation, just so people can fixate on them relentlessly. Mm. I've never heard one. Sarah, I don't you know. speak flawlessly. Sarah? I actually was told that by um, my professor when I was really? living in London. He said that I've one of the clearest forms of speech he's ever heard. You're, you're more Midwestern. You have neutral. no accent whatsoever. I was just going to say you have a neutral uh, accent. He, he actually weird. told me at that point that people from Washington State uh, specifically have one of the clearest forms of dialect. In the, this is what this dude Unless said. your name is Rick. Well, in, in the world, because uh, we're, I guess we're just so white bread and plain, and we just have absolutely no accent. Yeah, but you lived overseas, I, I've heard, which I've might heard be... people from Washington uh, talk about a washing machine, though. Oh, God. Oh, washing. no. No, no, no. People in, the, people in Utah do that, too. They're, i got to go home and wash my clothes. Where does that come from? It comes from being a goddamned idiot. That's where it comes from. It comes from being... A, it comes from not... That's just adding a letter that doesn't... That's not like you're transposing, or you got a lazy mouth thing going on, where you just don't want to open your mouth all the way. That comes from just adding letters to words. There's no R there. You know, what, you know what else I've heard? From excellent speakers. Uh, let's see. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, that thing. When I hear people say Washington, it's like Mr. Hand becomes Mr. Fist. That is all, I know what the other word is. Oh. Measure instead of measure. Yeah, now, now I hear people who speak perfectly. Uh, for instance, Dave Paul, who's been a newsman here forever. I hear him say measure. Yeah. Yeah. And other than that, he speaks like an American. No, that's a you know that's a thing that you know people. You know what I uh, what I have said uh, in the past is I have said, uh, and Lara pointed this out to me, so I don't I don't do it anymore. Uh, but there was a time when I would say um, I would say miracle instead of miracle, uh, and she pointed out that maybe sound like a rube, just like some buck toothed uh, moron. But Nebraska has a totally neutral accent, and I've heard that Washington does too, but not to that same extent. But here, this prompts a question: Is there an Oregon accent? In other words, if somebody no. from a neutral accent, well, see, you say that, but you've lived here for like a decade plus. If somebody from Nebraska were to appear here, would we say that there is an Oregon accent? Tim, I'm sorry, Greg, you're from here, right? You're you're from uh, from the great state he of Oregon. Has no accent I at am. all. You have no accent either. I mean, I know that I do, and I think it's largely because I was raised by the media, and so I just speak like people on television or the people that I saw on TV growing up. I bet there's an Oregon accent, and I bet if somebody from another state were here, they could tell us what it is. I've had actually had somebody from Minnesota say that I had an accent, that they could tell the difference. But, you know, but, but they have such com- an accent. Yes, so, but is it yeah. an accent because it's the lack of an that, accent? See, maybe? that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they're yeah. comparing it to a pronounced accent. But again, if you had a neutral voice, and if everybody says Nebraska, right. which is like the Johnny Carson accent, they say that that is the, dif- that is the definitive non-accented voice is Nebraska. Would they say, oh, you people in Oregon, you, you have a funny way of talking? Mm. All right. oh, my friend Heather actually just reminded me. I do. I don't have an accent in life, but I do have a drunk accent. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> I start to say things like instead of home, I'll say like whom. <laughs> That's just stupid. Why would you it's say not, that? I don't know. You turn into Inspector you Clouseau. Think, you think I have control over this? I don't know. <laughs> he did not have a license for his minky. Like, 
Yeah, after we've had a couple of cocktails, I'm like, I think sometimes I'm like, I think it's time for me to go home. Also, like, I think it's time for me to go home. Here's the other thing you do when you're drunk, by the way, uh, just in terms of language. Now uh, you understand. Here's the other thing you do with your speaking, uh, your speech, when you're, uh, your uh, your verbalizations when you're drunk. You will preface a lot of your words and sentences um, when you were drunk with a sort of how do I put this, like a. A very tight and sort of like like a smacking opening of the mouth. Here's what I mean by that. Ask me, um, okay, I'm you, you're me. Ask okay. me, ask me, you know, Sarah, what are you going to do later tonight? Hey, Sarah, what are you going to do later tonight? Well, yeah, it's that. <laughs> that's how you open your sentence, like that, and then you'll call that's me a horrible sentence, and then you call me Ricketts uh, all the time I when you're drunk. I call you Ricketts every time. That's but, true. But when you're drunk, especially. Well, Ricketts, I was thinking we go to. Uh, I was thinking we go to the triple nickel. I know you're not going to go because you're lame. Or I love something. seeing Greg out when he's wasted because I mean he's never. Yeah, he's totally wasted. I um, only socially have a couple of beverages every now and then because he's like the happiest person you'll ever meet. He's like, hey, Sarah, what's up? All right, are these uh, people calling about Oregon speechifying? Uh, yes, line two has a point. All right, let's do that, and then we'll uh, then we'll take a break. We caught up. We got the Steve Kastenbaum from New York about this uh, Yale thing in a moment. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. How can I help ye? Hi, good morning. Hi. I was I was listening to your speechifying thing, and it occurred to me there's no real Oregon accent. However, we do place the emphasis on the wrong syllable, such as and, uh, such as Willamette. Where did we get that? Is it? It, well, it looks just like William Ett. Well, but that's different. It's a proper name, which means you can pronounce it however you want. True, I guess that's true. But I mean, I, it's not like an extant word that already, you know, it's not a, like a word that was, it's not like we're calling a stapler a stapler. <laughs> a stapler? You know what I mean? It's like a Willamette. I mean, it's it's uppercase. It's a proper noun, which means that probably I think we can disregard most of the, the rules. But uh, is that is that a thing? Have, have you noticed that we do that with other words, though? Um. Yeah, I think we do. Uh, I think we do it with, like, there are certain kinds of beer that I've noticed that people say porter, you know, like an open O or something something odd. And uh, Have you ever I gone noticed, to, I, I have noticed this, I've gone to another state and I've heard them call Pabst Blue Ribbon Pabst Blue Ribbon. And they'll emphasize the Pabst and we here emphasize the blue in Blue Ribbon, which is sort of strange. Makes you wonder why we do that. Yeah, it's like, and then some people call it PBR. That's true. All right. Excellent. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. You call us anytime now. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. It's 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues. Thanks. We'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio about this this arrest. I guess they they nabbed this guy in New York and... We should also talk to him about this New York uh, City anchorman, which we have the sound. Oh, the guy who swore on the air. Yes. Awesome. Ernie Anastas. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Portland! It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. A little post hitting right there. 503-228-4101 is the telephone number. In just a moment, we'll speak with uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. He is in New York City where I think they've uh, they've made an arrest. Well, it's the guy who was, he was, you know, the same guy. He was the person of interest. So now he's no longer a person of interest. He's a... Uh, a person in prison. <laughs> he's a person in a cell. person in a cell probably being savagely beaten by a police officer or two. Which he probably deserves. That's just my uh, that's just my editorializing right there. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines for you on Thursday morning. You may soon be able to rent new movie downloads on the YouTube. 
The Senate votes to allow guns on Amtrak. Sweet. Megan Fox says Twitter and Facebook accounts of hers are fake. And Redbox surging ahead. It's killing Blockbuster. They will soon command at least a third of the video rental market. It seems like there's a Redbox, Red Fox joke that I should be able to make there somehow. But I just, uh, I can't quite do it. I'm I'm not really sure how to uh, how to put that together. No, I've... I've got nothing, as a matter of fact. Uh, what was the second uh, headline you were teasing right there? The Senate votes to allow guns on Amtrak. Nah, what was the one right before that? You may soon be able to rent new movie downloads on YouTube. Okay, that was the thing I was going to ask, actually, is that, does that mean that just, like, it'd be in that same little, like, three-by-three three window or whatever? Well, that, you can make the windows bigger. Oh, that's true, and I guess they got the high-definition uh, yeah. movies on, on YouTube now, so it's, because I was thinking... I watch I me lots of YouTube. Screen. That's right. I guess I, I guess they never really think about it because really I've learned click the box. Well, there's just so much. There's so many other avenues for watching stuff online. Remember when YouTube was like all there was, mm-hmm. uh, and so I have learned now that sometimes I can find higher quality elsewhere. So I, I never really remember that that HD option is there on YouTube. So all it's right. fantastic. It really is. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Don't forget. Coming up later on this hour at 820, uh, we're going to be talking to Dustin Voitko. He is the uh, third of four contestants we're going to be speaking with as part of KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. So uh, he'll be in at 820 and at 840. More news with Tim Riley. Let's take this unscreened call, shall we, and see what horrors it might hold. Hello. Hi, Rick Emerson uh, show unscreened caller. Please don't disappoint. Hello. Hi there. You are on the air. Your call is being broadcast to thousands as we speak. I'm here in your hand. Look at your hand. (laughs) This is your hand speaking to you now. Kill. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program from New York City, CNN radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Honestly, I don't know what is going on with people sometimes. Why would that guy take the trouble to dial and then he's on? It just makes no sense at all. Hello, Steve. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, you know, I never understand why people do certain things. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, he's just uh, sort of sitting there. I guess maybe just maybe he just likes it cosmetically, just likes the way the look, uh, you know, the look of the phone in his hand. It's just sort of a, an aesthetic. Uh, so this, uh, the latest with this Yale thing. So this guy who was the person of interest is now no longer a person of interest. He is a person in custody and a person that they're going to uh, try to stick in prison for the rest of his life. Yes, uh, Raymond Clark, uh, the lab technician who worked at the medical research facility at Yale for uh, the past five years, uh, the building where Annie Lay's body was found, has been arrested. He's at court. He's going to be charged uh, officially now in court. He'll have the uh, opportunity to enter a plea. It's really just a preliminary uh, arraignment thing. You know, they have to get you before a judge as quickly as possible. Uh, but then uh, there'll be a more official arraignment uh, probably within a few days. Uh, yeah, you know, they were waiting overnight for the results of DNA tests. And then the police chief said he really couldn't elaborate on what prompted the arrest because the judge sealed the warrant in this case. Is that unusual? I think it is. Uh, usually we, we know from the DA uh, typically what the charges exactly are be, uh, as the person being brought into court. Uh, and um, I guess because this is such a high-profile case and uh, they were conscious of the family's concerns and, and, and feelings, uh, perhaps the judge decided to seal it until 
uh, it's actually read into the record. So the thing is, this girl, she vanishes, and then they find her, you know, like in, in, behind a wall or behind a door or something. At, is, it, is, is it on campus that they found her? Yeah, they found her behind a wall in the basement of this medical research building at Yale where she uh, was doing work. She was a pharmacology graduate student, and he also worked as a lab technician. I mean, if this is the guy, and again, it's only an allegation right now, and he will be uh, tried and uh, you know either convicted or acquitted by a jury of his peers and so forth, but if this is the guy... I mean, I, it, it just, I'm, I'm really honestly not, not, not trying to diminish the, the gravity of this. It just, it just doesn't make, I mean, it's just, it's not very, uh, it just makes no sense that he would, you know, snatch the woman and then, and then, and then she's killed and then basically just leaves her like right there. I mean, it indicates that maybe that he either didn't think it all the way through or it was just a thing that occurred to him like then at that moment. Yeah, the only insight into this uh, killing that the police commissioner, the police chief of New Haven said, was uh, he called it a case of workplace rage, and that was it. He wouldn't go uh, elaborate any further. So uh, we're not sure what that means. There was, uh, there were some reports in local media in New Haven, and, and we haven't uh, confirmed this, that uh, that he might have complained about her handling of of lab animals or something like that. But again. There's just a few reports mm. in local media. CNN has not been able to con- confirm that. I, I, you know, it remains to be seen what the connection was between uh, the, this lab technician who's charged now and accused of this murder and the victim. Well, all I know is people better be. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's just. A, it, I'm going to be. I'm going to be curious to see how this how this unfolds because again, it just it it just seems to have so few moving parts to it in in terms of the actual story and the players within. So, all right. On that note, my friend, I know it's a busy day for you, so we will uh, let you go. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, Steve. Very much. Bye. Bye. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. I guess because early on, everybody thought it was like maybe a serial killing thing. You know, there's a girl who vanishes, and then there's some guy, and they find her stash somewhere. That whole story is just so unnerving. And uh, yeah, especially the idea that it was just a coworker that he's just you know wakes up in the wrong allegedly wakes up in the wrong side of the bed one day, and how are you doing? You know, you know, how are you doing, Bob? Fine, Dolores. I'm going to put you in a wall later today. I mean, it's just that oh. it came out of nowhere. It was just so bizarre. And usually, all the grizzly stuff comes out of California anyway. That's true. All right, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Greg, you said that um, that Dustin Voitko, who is the he is the third of the four contestants for Survive It and Drive It. He's here? Yes, he is here right now. What's your read on him on the on the tool scale, 1 to 10? Oh, he doesn't seem like a tool. Okay. Well, you can never tell. I mean, yeah. it's hard and to even say. If, even if he was, I wouldn't say it because I'm going to go talk to him in just a second. Well, and he might be the guy who's been in prison. And that's that's what I'm a little bit worried about. Did you ask him if he was the one who'd been to prison? He does. No, I didn't ask him yet. I was going to save that. I mean, it's hard to tell, you know, because somebody could have reformed now or maybe they're just really good at hiding it. Um, I don't know. He doesn't seem dangerous, but that could be the worst part. Well, they don't seem dangerous. And, uh, yeah. Till, the, till you go to work on the wrong day. He could be an upset coworker. It's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Oh, this is Doreen. Hi. How can I help you today? Hi. I have a couple of things. Um, one of the things that I've heard here, and not so much anywhere else, is the term you guys. As in, uh, well, you guys know what I'm talking about. As in exactly. a collective for you all. Yeah, and I don't recall hearing it anywhere else. So you think um, that might be an Oregon-specific trait? Yeah, maybe. And then the other one is the word realtor. Oh, yeah, well, they, where we add an, uh, a third syllable to it instead of realtor. Instead of realtor. Yeah, realtor. realtor. And I even, hear, I even hear realtors calling themselves a realtor. <laughs> like, come on. If I were you, I'd correct them, and i do it angrily. I, I'm doing it right now. Awesome. You <laughs> rule. All right, thank you very much. You call us anytime. Bye. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Hi, this is Mike. I was calling about the uh, Oregon accent yes, thing. Sir. Um, 
I had an anthropology professor that was from the East Coast that liked to pick at a at our accent because uh, we always have the oh you know, we have no accent thing, and um, most of the stuff that he'd point out is kind of generally toward the the Midwestern type accent that we have. But like when we say Don, we just say Don like the O D O N instead of the Don the D the A W. Oh, like you mean in terms of the name or in terms of uh, Don's like, early light. Like dawn in the morning. Like like dawn of the dead. It'd be dawn of the dead. Yeah, like, hey, dawn, instead of dawn. Yes, I think I've sussed out what you're speaking about here. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Yep, bye. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Hey, this is David. David, what can I do for you today? Hey, I'm an Ohio transplant from about seven years ago, and of course Oregon sounds different. Oregon? It's Oregon in 47 of the 50 states. (laughs) So really you're saying that we actually are the ones pronouncing the name of our own state incorrectly. We've never said that it was incorrect, but it is different than the way 95% of the world does. I think the uh, the implication of your statement is that we, in fact, don't know how to refer to our own place of residence, sir. I would never say something of that sort. All right. Well, (laughs) uh, I'll read between those lines. Thank you, my friend. All right. Have a good one. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Look, if we're going to make out, you're not going to give me typhus or something, right? I mean, can we just, uh, can we have an honest discussion about that? This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, you know that uh, coming up Monday, 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 7 a.m. at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge Survive It and Drive It kicks off. That is at 7 a.m. Court and Fapo, you're going to be there broadcasting live. Four people enter a truck. Four people stay in a truck. Four people begin to become miserable. Four people begin to loathe their lives and each other. They drop out one by one. Last person in that truck wins that truck. The third of the four contestants that's going to join us in the show is... Am I pronouncing this right? Dustin, is it Voitko? Yeah, that's exactly it. What kind of name is that? Is that like it used to be... Is that a thing where like when your grandfather came over, it was like nine more syllables and then they shortened it? What's up with that name? Um, As far as I know, it's from Hungarian, so that's... Pretty much it. I don't, I don't know the whole so, details. Dustin Voiko. All right. It says here. I'm looking at your uh, at your your questionnaire here, and oh, I didn't get to see the questionnaire. I, I can hand it over. You want? It just okay. says here. It says uh, Dustin Voiko, and then in quotes it says D Man. Yeah, that's from work. <laughs> Is that okay? I was going to ask if you'd given yourself that nickname. No, no. Okay, because that Rick, would just you know you can, one can't give themselves a nickname. I know that, but uh, you know, perhaps uh, perhaps that's a lesson that came later to Hungary. Uh, Hungary, Hungary, <laughs> Hungary. <laughs> so I just, but how do, is that a thing that they just latched onto and then you became D Man? Yeah, I just was called it one day and it just kind of stuck. All right. Uh, so you heard about this and you decided this is a thing you could do that you could outlast everybody else. I just applied and just, I never thought just on a whim, just a, you didn't think it was even, you know, you didn't think they were going to pick you. Nope. I just kind of went on a whim and just did it. I mean, offhand, how does it, how do you feel about the fact that you're going to be stuck inside a vehicle with three other people? One of whom has been to prison, we think, um, you yeah, know, nice. for, for some length of time. I mean, nice. do you feel good about your chances? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, uh. I'm a nervous, but... Are you the one that went to prison? Um, no. Okay. Are you the one who's crazy? We were told there was a crazy one. That might be me. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, uh, it, it, which leads me to page two, and we're going to get to... Uh, we're, uh, no. We're going to get to something on page two, which is a little, um, I'll say puzzling and perhaps unnerving, depending on whether or not you're going to be stuck in a truck with you. Of all of the things about this you thought, what makes you the most nervous about it? Is it just the idea that you're going to be... You know, you're going to be risking, you know, whether or not you win this truck, or is it just the, you know, being away from home, or is it, uh, 
uh, you know, what the other people are going to be like? What, what makes you the most nervous about it? I just don't want to be there for no purpose, you know? I just so want to I want to win it. You, you don't want to waste weeks of your life and yeah, go home yeah, empty-handed. Yeah. What does it uh, mean here on the second page when it just says pyromania in big letters? <laughs> um, middle school. <laughs> it just was stupid. What did you do? What, what, please uh, explain. Played with fire. You could see flames over the building. Define... Did you burn something down? Um, no, actually, it was my friend's backyard. It was. Like, what do you define played played with fire is when you have a match and you hold it too long and it burns your fingers. Seeing flames over the top of a building is actually arson, I think. But what what happened? Tell me the story. Um, his parents were out and we were just. Was a friend of yours? Yeah. So you're yeah. over at his house. Yeah, and we were just playing with stuff we probably shouldn't have, like gas and all that stuff. Like you know, gas, yeah. not yeah. actually gas, but like gas. <laughs> so whose idea was it? I think it was a. Group effort. But was it just you and him? Yeah, uh, it was me and him and another buddy. So, and some guy, one of the one of the three, we had the idea like, well, there's nothing on TV, and uh, I don't know, your sister's not home for a while, so we can't stare at her. Let's uh, <laughs> let's add some fires. Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting, and uh, the neighbors saw, it and that was kind of it. So where 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 did you put the? You didn't just burn the gas. Did you pour the gas on something? Yeah, we were just putting on the cement out in the backyard. You just poured a big pool of a pool of gas on the cement and then lit it. And then you could see the flames from where? Out in the street. And so from, <laughs> over, from over the house. <laughs> awesome. Is this something you witnessed yourself or were you told by other people later? Yeah, I saw this big fire earlier today. I was told by my friend. He said he got a talking to about it from his neighbor, and that was kind of the ending of it. That is fantastic. Uh, and yet, it, despite your tendency to set things on fire and engage in other <laughs> sorts of petty crime, I would imagine, you, you are, as it says, you're engaged or you married? I'm engaged. You're engaged. Recently yes. engaged? Yeah, actually, actually not really. But you're like uh, last May. What's, uh, what's your fiance's first name? Allie. Allie. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so there the, are two engaged people so that you, are going to be in the car. Yeah, you at least, because you and the, we've got Chad. A, a divorcee, there's a woman who's divorced, and then the guy Chad, who was in on Tuesday, he's engaged as well. What does uh, your fiance Allie think about you being gone for a couple weeks? She's excited. Now, is she going to be excited if you don't win? Is this going to be one of those things excitement turns to, I told you not to enter that contest. <laughs> uh, no, it's more like, uh, you better win that car. <laughs> what is, uh, now, would is she nervous about you being in a car with um, potentially other women? Like being no. trapped in there for a long time. No. What if you really? guys form like a like a special bond? What if you form They're a bond? Spending a lot of time together. And, like, uh, and exactly, exactly what Sarah said. What if what if this is like a Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves in Speed can't thing? Be where I, that's it, where you go through a traumatic experience together. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I've known her for three years. You've known Allie for three years. Yeah. All right. I'm just uh, you know. I'm I'm just trying to look out for your best interest. Here. We don't <laughs> want anything uh, unpleasant to, to to come out of this. Do you have a strategy for winning this for outlasting the other three people in the truck? It's kind of been changing the more I think about it. Uh, right now, it's kind of just don't let anybody get under my skin, kind of be quiet to myself. That way, everybody else kind of freaks out. And... Do you ever lose your temper? Um, I can, but it's rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens. When is the last time? We'll see, but that's, but this, are you one of those guys where like you, you stay calm and then it builds up and the next thing you know, somebody's feet are in a wood chipper? Uh, not to that extent, a yes. Wood ch- a wood chipper, <laughs> a verbal wood chipper. Yeah, yeah. When is the last time you lost your temper? Uh, my birthday. When was your birthday? Uh, June 9th. Uh, and were you uh, were That's you drinking? Three... Yes, I was. All right. So, just turned twenty one. No. How uh, <laughs> how did you lose your temper? How did that? What happened? Um, somebody said something stupid, and I was drunk. But I mean, when you say you lost your temper, do you yell? Do you hit? What, what happened? Do you, what do you do? I yell. I, I yell. You look like you could put the beat down a little bit. You seriously? You look like you probably have beaten a guy in your life. No, actually, I'm actually I've only been in fight like twice. Did probably. you win? Yeah. <laughs> See? So, all right. So that's so you. You speak softly, but you carry a big stick. You know, so the people understand. They know that, that you could. That's the weirdest. Way to it. It's Teddy Roosevelt. I. Oh. 
the whatever. I heard they carry a big stick. It just sounded wrong. Well, I, you know. <laughs> Anywho, uh, uh, all right, excellent. And so, my final question to you is: is uh, what underwear are you going to be wearing yes. for this? Because we're asking everybody about their undergarments because boxers, briefs. Because uh, you can't. You're in the same underwear for like weeks, dude. Boxers, they're comfortable. All right. Do you have see? a special like? Do you have a lucky pair of boxers that you're going to wear? Um, I'll let, I'll let Allie figure that one out. All right. Lo- I'm just saying loose clothing. That's, we're giving everybody who comes to the show one piece of advice. Your piece of advice, because you're already on the boxers, because the guy was like, snug boxer briefs. And we're like, that's going to chafe no. like a bastard. You don't even want to know from chafing. Uh, loose fitting clothing, because I think it's going to be, what is the weather supposed to be like next week? Tim? I think it's supposed to be warm at the beginning. Is we going to kick back up into the 80s or 90s? Yes. Yes. You know, they're not going to be running the AC. So no. it's going to be a whole lot of. It's just going to be like a Greg. What do your What do your friends call the uh, swamp ass? Big big case, but like four, but like four person swamp ass, and then you're going to be rotating seats. Sounds oh. lovely. Yeah. Oh, you know. someone can be marinating in one seat, and then three hours later, you have to sit in there marinating. And then you have to go sit in there in their essence, and that's just that's just no good. You're going to you know stink of whoever was just the last there. It's uh, all right. Well, we'll be out there and visit you and heckle you. Yes. Yeah. Nice to visit and heckle. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Dustin Voiko. Thank you, uh, and congratulations on uh, making it this far, and good luck in the contest. Sir. All right. Thanks. All right. There you go. That is uh, KUFO's. Survive it and drive it. It kicks off Sunday, Sunday, or I'm sorry, Monday morning, rather. It kicks off Monday at 7 a.m., 7 a.m. on Monday, uh, right there uh, at the Dodge. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran of geekinthecity.com. We will talk to uh, Katie uh, something or other, uh, who is the fourth contestant in the uh, in the fourth of the four that we're interviewing for uh, KUFO's Survive It and Drive It. That kicks Facebook off. Page. Do, really? Uh-huh. But I couldn't find a picture of her. It's just all pictures of her multiple children. <laughs> pictures of her brood. All we found here are pictures of your apparently innumerable offspring, Katie. So don't forget, Survive It and Drive It kicks off. Uh, that is uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m. It's right there at 4th Plane and Auto Mall Drive. So, Court um, and Bobby are going to be out there broadcasting live. We're going to be making appearances out there as well. And that is uh, going to be starting live Monday morning, 7 a.m. So be listening for details. And then uh, tomorrow we'll be interviewing the final of the four contestants. Aaron Geek in the City Duran will be in the studio tomorrow. Who else will be in the studio tomorrow, Sarah Dillon? Why, Rick Emerson? I don't know if you've heard of the little uh, TV session called VH1, but they have a show called The uh, Rock... Daisy of Rock, Daisy of Love, Daisy of Love. Daisy of Love is a now it's like it's a, a spin-off, spin-off of, of Rock Michael's of Love, Rock right? Of Love, yes. And it's is it the chick that won or that that but then she got her own show? What is the deal with that? No, she's the chick that came in second. She okay. was like but cried she was, a lot. She was the favorite because she's just completely ridiculous. <laughs> like Greg Greg knows her because she cried. <laughs> no, she he knows her because she has big boobs. I think she, she does have big boobs. And did she cry? Uh, and, you know, while and, having those on display? Yes, <laughs> awesome. that's pretty much what she did the entire time. It's tears trickled down her cleavage. Attractive. But uh, so she she got her own show, and uh, Daisy of Love. So she was trying to find her soulmate, which she did find in a young man named London, who's going to be in our studio. His first name is London, I believe. So yes. All right. Is he? And he's in and he's in a band called like Death Star or something. I don't know Death something. Where is he on the tool scale? I don't know. I mean, he looks. 
He, Greg is. I, I can say he is very high on the tools. nodding his head knowingly over there. Yeah, I I think his real name is like TJ or something. You know, people people can surprise you. Sometimes. My name is Norman. Awesome. All right. So Daisy of Love, by the way, is a bit of a stretch title wise. That that you're pushing. That's line extension gone Daisy one step of love too far. Is a pretty bad name for a show. Yeah. All right. Five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Right now, we're going to take uh, caller ten to get a, a pair of passes to see Rob Zombie's Halloween two. Playing at Regal Cinemas. Halloween 2. Is there nudity in Halloween 2 Do at least? Do not bring your children to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So no, you no, got... no. There's, there's, there's a lot of blood. But, I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some boobs, isn't there? Isn't there's that what Mr. Nudity. Skin said? There's uh, a lot of uh, Sherry Moon in it. All right, there you go. So you, you know, so you got that going for you. So at the very least, you can always amuse yourself with the many bosoms on display. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 playing now at Regal Cinemas. If you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you get yourself a uh, pair of passes to that. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning for the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 848 now. After the clouds and fine this morning, it's going to be a nice day. High temperatures in the 70s. Go ahead and drink that water. Portland Water Bureau warns the color of your drinking water from the Bull Run Supply System is unfiltered. Therefore, the color is going to change this fall. It happens every season at this time. So far, nobody's died from it. A commercial power outage brought the max to a grinding halt last night. Neither the yellow or the green lines could cross the steel bridge. Okay, I'm going to catch up on all the things I promised to do, and so far I haven't done. First, we go to this debt collector. The family of a man who died is blaming this debt collection agency for causing his death from a heart attack. First, so sorry about that. That was meant to come later. Go ahead. This guy loses his job because he had a heart attack. And he falls behind on his bills. So the debt collector called him several times of the day, pursuing and hounding him. He really got nasty. For instance, this guy had to be uh, lifelined to the hospital because he had a heart attack. So the uh, debt collector decided to use that helicopter against him. Stanley McLeod, you need to come up with your act together and make the payments on your mortgage. Do play in these games. Why don't you have that helicopter pick you up and bring that payment to the office? <laughs> wow, are you kidding me? No. Jesus, I know you're bleeding out of your ears. Why don't you have that helicopter make a little stopover so you can pay your video rental bill, huh? Good God. And we still have this clip from the uh, New York television anchor around. Okay, so we, the, the audio here is a little muddy, and the reason for that is it's not, um, this isn't like a closed circuit feeder from yeah. TiVo or something. This is clearly somebody who spotted this, and then they, they videotaped it and uploaded it. So this is sort of a second generation. Mm. But it is some anchors, and they are they're talking about... What is it? What is there? What is it they're actually speaking about here? What is the subject matter? So this is a small talk between the weather report and a commercial break. Ernie Anastas, the anchor, uh, told meteorologist Nick Gregory that it takes a tough man to make a tender forecast. Okay, which is a sort of which, that is and that is a play on the it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. Right. Which is that uh, it must be for a chain. I think I forget. There's like a brand or something. But I don't think I've ever heard. It's that. a Frank Perdue. Frank That's Perdue. what it is. Frank Perdue, yeah, who's Frank a chicken Perdue. magnate. He looked like a chicken. But yeah, he's he, no longer with us. Yeah, Frank Perdue, who was yeah, he was a, the guy who made a made a fortune selling chicken mm-hmm. uh, to the American. He was like a he was the Jimmy Dean of chicken basically. And he said the, the slogan was it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. Perdue. So that yeah, so that's what they are referencing here when you hear them talk about this. Right. Okay. So uh, here's Ernie Onastas, and after he says it takes a tough man to make a tender forecast, he kind of utters one line too much. And then this is and this is on the air. On the air. You. All right. So here we go from Fox 5 in New York City. Ernie Onastas. I, oh, I thought you had it. No, why would why the, why the, would the I bleeped one? why would I have that? Oh, I, I thought. Uh, uh, let me uh, find uh, it over uh, here. Hold on a second. I uh, I do have it, by the way. Okay, I just I, uh, uh, let's see. Tim Riley Chicken. 
All right. So, yeah. All right. Here we go. So this is the this is the uh, uh, the cut. And so he says it takes a tough man to make a tender forecast, followed by. Right there. So he uses the effort. He says. So he just says, "Keep effing that chicken." Afterward, and it's like it's for on the air, and you ask yourself, like, why? Like, why would he ever say? It's like that. It's like that lawmaker yesterday that was saying, "Well, I got all kinds of effing subsidies for your medical issues." Uh-huh. And you should see. I wish you could see the woman's face on there. The moment. anchor. She's all shocked. <laughs> she's just like frozen. Like, what the hell? <laughs> We're all fired. Interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I love anchors. They're an endless source of amusement to us all. All right, here's Tim Riley. And then there's a uh, robocall robo call that Jessica Simpson is using to uh, telephone or call her neighbors about her missing doggy. This is a lost pet alert from your neighbor, Jessica. She <laughs> lost her dog, Daisy, on she... September 14th. Daisy is a honey-colored 10-pound multi-poo. If you have seen her or multi-poo. can help, please call. You can also view your neighbor's lost pet and their contact info at findtoto.org. Look, That's I love dogs. Sad. I know. I, I love dogs as much as anybody, if not more. We're all dog people here. Yes, we are. But every day that the story continues, I care about that dog less and less. Every day that Jessica Simpson continues to abuse the media uh, <laughs> to find her dog, I fall into Roop's category of just, you know what? That's one more meal for a coyote. I it just it, it, She's turning me against the dog. I know it's not the dog's fault that it has Jessica Simpson as a parent, but it's just, uh, it's just turning out that way. And plus... She says, which I guess is a Maltese and a poodle, so she says multi, but it sounds like multi-poo, which in turn sounds like some sort of horrible Ron Popeil <laughs> sort of invention. You know what I mean? How many times has this happened to you? Never again with multi-poo. And then, it, you know, and then it would be, you know, you finished up with that thing where you I feel use like you've it. pitched this to somebody before. <laughs> well, and then it would end with that, it would, that thing you use, uh, that, that handy wipe thing you use to clean yourself. That whatever it is, the... Shame stick or whatever that product is. Oh, the clean, the scrubbing stick or whatever. Is that, what was that thing even called? That stick that you use that you use to clean your uh, your area when you're when your folds when when you're too when you're too fat. No, but it was like that. We, we had it not too long ago. It was some infomercial, and it was a some sort like of the magic stick or something. It was. It was a thing that it was a product that you use to clean yourself when you're. Um, Oh, you know, I remember that when you're the, not able the to. The magic uh, crevice stick or something. <laughs> the magic crevice stick. It's a stick for your. It's a stick for your magical crevice. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A Connecticut police officer accused of posing as his twin brother to have sex with the man's girlfriend has resigned. 25-year-old Jared Rowing's resignation was accepted by the board of commissioners. The arrest warrant says Rowing tricked the woman into having sex, but she soon realized her mistake when everything seemed to be the same, except the tattoo on the man's buttocks was not existent, as it was with her boyfriend. Uh, Rowing was uh, a, on a probationary period as a police officer to see how he behaved, and apparently he didn't behave well. Uh, let's see here. We had one more. Oh, do we have time for a quick Geek Watch? Yes, we do. I believe we anyway, do. Here's uh, your Geek Watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... And I just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Energize. 
Google has acquired a Carnegie Mellon University spinoff that seeks to cut down on spam and fraud at websites while digitizing books. Recapture, that's the way it's spelled, offers <laughs> simple word puzzles that users must solve while registering. I hate website. those things. I hate those things so much. I hate those things with everything in me. There are a few things associated with the Internet that I hate more, and I speak for all. And you all hate them, too. You know exactly. You know what I'm talking about. It's where you have to type in the the, the letters from the text oh, the box, but they're all yeah. swirly. I hate. Them. And they're all morphed up and whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, Google's thing is kind of cool though, because you know Google has got this project going where they're taking like five billion books, and they're putting them all online so you can read them as text. And you know the whole thing was like, well, God, who wants to? Who's the poor soul that's going to sit and have to take a stack of five billion books and type them all into the computer so they can go online? The answer is, we are those poor souls. Because what they've done is they've scanned those books, chopped them into a bunch of pictures, and put them online. And so when you go now and you have to type in the weird text that you see, mm-hmm. you are typing in a little section of a book that Google is digitizing and putting online. You are doing you are doing the data entry work for them one tiny bit at a time. That is evil genius. Isn't it great? Yes. So it's like every time you go and you go, what's this random series of words? It's a piece of a book that Google wants to digitize and put online, and they've just decided to have you do the work by making you... You are, in essence, paying a tax to view the webpage, and the taxes you have to type in, you have to transcribe a little bit of the book for them. That being said, damn, those things are hard to read sometimes. And you're you're wondering if they're making it difficult for you on purpose. Is that a D or... it's a Q. Is it a P? I don't. Crap. Do you have to redo it over and over. It's you like, have not entered the word correctly. Is it a nine or a lowercase G? Just pisses me off, especially because there's an easier way to do it. If you're trying to make sure that it's not a spam machine. Yes. I don't know why they don't do this. I don't know why. They, this is my one great idea for the day. Instead of having you type in a bunch of gibberish words, or you can't tell them apart. Why don't they just put up like two pictures of a zebra and one picture of a house cat, and they say, "Click on the thing that's not a zebra," and then you click on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A computer can't figure that out. Nobody ever listens to be writing their book for them. I suppose. That's the second half of the uh, Geek Watcher. Uh, A children's author has been commissioned to write the the next installment in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mostly harmless to fit the last Hitchhiker book was written by its creator, Douglas Adams, 16 years ago. Now the author's widow, Jane, has given her approval to a uh, plan by publisher Penguin to resurrect the hapless Arthur Dent in the sixth book entitled... And another thing. There's no reason for that. You know, even Douglas Adams was tired of that series by the time he wrote the last one. So the idea that they're going to uh, continue. That's like how they wrote that Gone with the Wind sequel or whatever. All right. So that's something you can put on your ignore list right now. The uh, the upcoming Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy sequel. All right. There you go. There's your double geek watch. By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Don't forget, coming up Friday, that is tomorrow at 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale continues. Eagle Landing Golf Course is a public course. It's no great. It is uh, great no matter what your level of play. Enjoy 30 acres atop Mount Scott in southeast Portland with 27 holes of par 3 executive golf, 36 holes of miniature golf. It's the KUFO half-off deal this week. It is available starting tomorrow at 9 a.m. for only $25. $25 gets you a $50 gift certificate. And, uh, of course, if you go to KUFO.com tomorrow at 9 a.m., you can get that $50 gift certificate for just 25 But if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you win it before you can buy it. Okay, it uh, goes on sale tomorrow, KUFO.com, 9 a.m. We want to thank CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Roop, as well as CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, uh, our Surviving and Drive It uh, contestant for today, Dustin Voitko. Tomorrow we will talk to Katie, who is our fourth and final contestant. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week was here as well. Read her in print at uh, Willamette Week, uh, um, in print at the Willamette or online at WWeek.com. Uh, Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron, Geek in the City, Duran, as well as that guy from Daisy of Love. London, London is his name. 
All right, there you go. Buzz is up next with Smells Like the 90s. Gordon Fatboy, this afternoon, 3 to 7. They're going to be uh, giving away uh, Music Fest Northwest wristbands all week. And tomorrow, you're going to be talking to Maynard James Keenan from Tool, Perfect Circle, and Pussifer. So uh, be listening for that. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Rick Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler. And uh, you know the rest. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2009. And that is the frequency, Kenneth. Thanks for listening. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.